Coming up next, it's Natalie Cutler-Welsh with her show, Up Your Brave. Community, connections, holistic health, and more on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show on Reality Check Radio. If you've listened before, welcome back. Thank you so much. If you're a first-time listener, well, guess what? You've chosen my most nitty-gritty truth bomb show so far in the past five months. To date, today we'll be diving into the Wellington protest, the Par- Posey Parker incident, and the Great Awakening. It's been an interesting week, and every day it seems that new information is revealed, new incidents are happening in New Zealand and around the world. I was following one of my favorite Telegram channels, Mark Atwood, and I saw this post by someone when she says, Maui is a puzzle. So far, I have dumped the puzzle pieces on the table, but there is no picture on the box for me to follow. I'm looking for the corner and side pieces. Hopefully, the big picture will reveal what really happened. And honestly, I feel like that is very on point, and it really sums up a lot of what we're all navigating and experiencing in at the moment, this crazy stage we're going to through. And I keep saying to my kids, I'm like, hey, <laughs> one day, you know, all, your kids will be saying, oh my gosh, Grandma Nat knew the truth. Uh, it's interesting times for sure. Hey, I was wondering how many of you listeners are going to be at the NZDSOS conference, which is coming up September 16th. It's the New Zealand Doctors Speaking Out with Science conference. It's going to be amazing and incredible Um, get together in real life um, of people that are seeking truth on the medical side of things. And you do not need to be a doctor to attend. That's the Sunday. Um, On the Saturday, it is open to the public. You do need to buy a ticket. Um, And I've got friends coming up. I've got friends driving up from Wellington for it. Very exciting. I'm actually also going to be a sponsor with my Up Your Brave business with my essential oils for emotions, health and wellness. And of course, some of my wake up hats. So I'll see some of you guys there, hopefully. We're also going to have a reality check radio table there so you can come and say hi to some of the other hosts as well. Um, I'm excited to see you there. So we, um, Reality Check Radio, we celebrated three and a half thousand people joining the Foundation Members Club to support Reality Check Radio to keep going. And we really want to honor you and thank you for that. Um, I'm also a Foundation member, so I'm excited to, to be supporting my own show as well. I would love to dedicate this episode to all of you, all the courageous people that are courageous enough to speak out, and especially my fellow host, Tobias Tahi. He did this brilliant post earlier this week. It's a spoken word, and oh my goodness, he really calls out the music industry. Um, He does do some shout outs to a few people like Jason Carrison and others who did speak up, but he really calls them out and it's very powerful. So definitely go to his page, Tobias Tahi, and have a listen to that. Uh, but I wanted to dedicate this to all of those people who have suffered from the propaganda and all of those who are speaking the truth. And also it's never too late to make a difference. I was listening to Greenwash earlier this week because I love listening to RCR and Jaspreet and Dawn were talking about um, the concept of, you know, finding a spine. And Jaspreet was saying, you know, when she was younger, like no one would have thought that she would be the one to speak up and stand out. And it, it is time for a lot of people 
you know, to find their spine. Um, the topic this week, given the amazing guests that I've lined up is called stand up and get off the fence. And so that's really what I'm encouraging people in the nicest way I'm encouraging you to do. Here's a lovely message we got from one of our listeners, Janine. Thank you for writing in. This is to all of the RCR hosts. I just wanted to say to all the presenters and people bringing us RCR, I am in awe of what you have achieved. I usually listen to replays, but the format where I can choose topics I'm most interested in is fantastic. The quality of guest speakers you have brought on is so incredible. It's so nice listening to real experts in their fields. Something that has been lacking in mainstream, I'm now realizing for a very long time. The topics are real. The presenters let people speak without interruption. And I feel like we're finally getting the truth out. Well done. And thank you so very much. Well, we are certainly, thank you, Janine, for writing in. We are certainly going to be getting some truths out today. Uh, we're talking about these interesting topics. And by the way, what Janine is making reference to is we are always updating the website to make it better. It's pretty incredible, I think. Um, but if you go to the website, you can click on replays and then it has the replays show by show. So you just scroll down and look for the show you want. But it also now has this feature where you can click on topics. So then you go to topics and it will literally sort and bring you the replays from all the various shows based on the topic you want. How cool is that? So here's what we've got coming up today. We're going to be talking to Jeanette Wilson on standing up and speaking out, followed by Ross Campbell. So Jeanette, by the way, was at the Wellington protest. She had her sternum crushed in the crowd, and she's talking a little bit about that, as well as some other more uplifting messages as well. And we're talking to Ross Campbell on why it's time to get off the fence. He actually had his teeth smashed out at the Posey Parker event when he was literally helping her kind of in like a pseudo bodyguard role, try, um, trying to help her safely exit um, when things got crazy. So we're talking about that as well as some other things. And finally, I'm wrapping it up today talking to Amber Romanyuk. Uh, she's a fellow Canadian. And we're talking about waking up at your own pace and how to detect deception. So it's going to be a fascinating show. Sit back, relax. And here's our first interview. Here it is, Jeanette Wilson. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. Next up, I'm speaking with Jeanette Wilson on the topic of standing up and speaking out. Welcome to the show, Jeanette. Great to be here, Natalie. So good to talk to you from Oriwa, which for those of you that don't know is um, north of Auckland. I know you're visiting Christchurch um, at the moment, but living in Oriwa. For those of you that don't know Jeanette, Jeanette was a bank manager at the age of 29, quite a rare feat for anyone, but especially a woman back in the 1990s. She emigrated to New Zealand in 1999 and joined her partner dairy farming for a few years as they homeschooled their two children. In 1994, she set up Eco School in Taranaki as an alternative form of education. Jeanette is best known as a healer and a medium. She had her own TV series on TV3 that put her very unique skills to the test. She is the author of four books and more recently the co-creator of three albums with the super talented Medwin Goodall. Jeanette's healing center in Oriwa had, um, had to close when Jeanette chose not to take the experimental mRNA injection and was no longer able to see her clients because of government mandates. 
sending you love for that, Jeanette. It's huge. Um, Jeanette traveled with the Freedom Convoy and was stood frontline at Wellington. Jeanette's sternum was broken by the police officers at Parliament on day three of the protest. So that is quite a journey that you've been on, not just since the banking days, but particularly in the last few years. Um, so Jeanette, I guess the first thing I'd love to ask you is how, coming from your perspective, how have the last three years been for you? I, I think they've been absolutely dreadful. Um, it, it, my eyes were opened um, many, many years ago when I had a premature baby. My first child, Sarah, was born prem. She was uh, 31 and a half weeks. She weighed three pounds, 11 and a half ounces. And when they give you the baby's weight in half ounces, you know, they're small. And so a head would fit in my hand and her toes would be in the crook of my elbow. And we put her in doll's clothes. And we had to wait until she was five pounds to get discharged from the hospital. And the same week she was discharged from the hospital, a, a doctor visited me in my home. Now, I'm of a generation where when I was a kid, the doctors used to visit you in your home. But as a, a grown woman then of 35, I'd never known a doctor visit me in my home in adulthood because now we went to them. Uh, but this doctor visited me in my home and she brought with her six needles to give my little girl that was only five pounds. And I've had every vaccine going myself, but when faced with my five five pound baby and six large needles, I said to the doctor, will you be giving her smaller doses because she's not normal body weight or could she have just three now and, and three later? Um, and the doctor flew into a rage with me, an absolute rage. And uh, she ended up storming out, left a thermometer uh, but it put me on a journey of inquiring why was that doctor so so passionate that my child should have those vaccines? Um, and I found that at that point in time, for the doctor to get their annual bonus, they had to have 100% vaccine take up. And so I was affecting her annual bonus. But that to me, that shouldn't be the reason as to whether we give a child something. It should be based on the child's need. And so it sent me on quite a journey of exploring uh, vaccines, uh, whereas previously I would, you know, I've, I've personally I've had everything going. I, I'm not what somebody would call an anti-vaxxer, but I did wonder why why I got such a strong reaction from the doctor. I just want to uh, jump in there and honor you for having the the courage, but also the conviction conviction to ask at the time is isn't there a smaller dose? Because one would think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One would think. I mean, when they first started, as I call it, coming for the kids with the jabs a few years ago, I asked that question too. I said, surely they've got smaller doses. I mean, an eight-year-old is not the same size as a 58-year-old man. Like this does not make sense to me, although I'm not a medic. Um, nor am I a scientist. Um, so good on you, I guess, for asking those yeah. questions. And I didn't know about that bonus, but I've always wondered, and I wanted to ask, so here I am asking, how much do or did the pharmacies and also the doctor clinics get paid per COVID jab? I'm I'm curious to know. If someone knows, you can text me 2057 or send an email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Do you know, Jeanette? No, I, but it's an excellent question. It's an excellent question because um, usually when there is something afoot, just follow the money. Who benefits from this? And lots of centres sprung up in shopping malls, people that weren't qualified. I went and sat in one uh, at the Westgate shopping mall, uh, West Auckland, um, and I sat in the queue to ask some questions. And um, 
yeah, security decided to show me out. <laughs> and I said, well, are you police? Can we have the police here? They didn't want the police here. So I've got lots of questions about who was giving these jabs, how much money was paid. Um, and they clearly weren't doing informed consent. Clearly not. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I have some serious concerns. You know, uh, well, good on you for getting in the line. I mean, some people know my story. I was crying on the kitchen floor as husband took teenagers to get their jabs and then decided it was going to be three weeks apart as well, which again, don't get me started. So um, good on you for even going there and asking the questions. And I'm pretty sure most of the people sitting in those chairs did not ask questions, nor did they possibly get asked questions about their own health and wellness. It just, it just, it's a bit of an assembly line or it was, but now people are starting to wake up and they're starting to shake up and they're starting to stand up and speak out, which is really the topic that you've selected for today. Um, so carry on, please carry on with, with your journey and how have things been for you in the last three years? Yeah. So my, my alarm bells with this particular injection, and I won't call it a vaccine because that would be a misnomer because the old description of vaccine was something that gave us immunity and they actually changed the definition of vaccine to get this one through. It's mRNA technology. As far as I'm concerned, it is a bioweapon. So um, my first concerns were as a healer, I was working with a young lady in the US. She was, I would say, 23, 24 and she, I do a lot of healing in Zoom calls. Um, years ago, TV3 put me to the test as both a medium and a healer, and I've got, you know, international clients. So this young girl had a healing with me on a Zoom call. She told me she got rheumatoid arthritis. Now, I've worked on a lot of people with, you know, arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis over the years, but I'd never experienced what I experienced with her. It was like a black liquid, a little bit like an oil like nothing I'd ever seen on a spiritual level. And so after a session, it kept popping into my head that that wasn't like any rheumatoid arthritis I'd ever seen before. So I decided to drop her a line and say, look, how are you after the session? And she said, oh, I've really gone downhill. Well, that young lady was dead within the week and she'd had the Moderna vaccine. And that really did, you know, frighten me. Um, the next thing for me was uh, my mom, uh, my mom's, she would have been 79 and she was about to go into hospital to have an op. And it was an op that she got part of the bowel was twisted around her lungs. And so she needed two surgeons, one for the lower part and one for the upper part. So it had to be carefully orchestrated, this op with both surgeons to be there. And much against my wishes, she'd had uh, the first two jabs. She hadn't had a booster yet. She'd had the first two. She went in for her op and she'd been given the pre-med. And then one of the surgeons came rushing out to say, I am so sorry, Mrs. Wilson. I've never had to do this in the whole of my history. I'm, but I've got to stop your op because you've got clotting in the carotid arteries in your neck and we can't do the surgery. So, you know, I knew that there was something wrong with this. Um you can't produce an injection in the the time frame that they got. And this mRNA is completely untested on humans at the point they rolled it out. So, you know, I got big alarm bells ringing. For myself personally, then, um, another healer friend had one of his clients die. Um, locally in Oriwa, we had, um, it's called, it's a Ryman's nursing home called the Evelyn Page 
nursing home. And they've got a lot of older people. And typically in a month, they will lose three or four people. That's not uncommon. Well, as they went through with the boosters, in two weeks, they lost 20. 20 people. So when I heard about that, you know, I, I was horrified. That's, that's, you know, I'm seeing, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, we're seeing more people losing more family members than ever before and people of all ages. But when a nursing home suddenly loses 20 in two weeks, as opposed to three or four in a month, somebody should be on inquiry. So what I did, and, and you know, I, I believe in a higher power. I work with a higher power when I do healing, but I also believe a higher power guides my life. I saw in our local paper that Dr. Ashley Bloomfield was coming and visiting that nursing home. And I couldn't believe my luck. I thought, oh, here's my opportunity to actually go to the man himself, you know, our director of health, and ask him if they are doing an investigation into those 20 people that died. And, and as luck would have it, you know, he did his talk, took questions at the end. I got on the microphone and I was able to ask him that question. And he said, oh, well, I'm not the director of health anymore. You'll have to ask Ryman's. So I asked the manager of Ryman's and she said something. Oh, we've we've had a COVID outbreak. And I said, well, did you do postmortems to find out the cause of death? And she didn't answer that. So I asked her it three times and she would not answer. And the, the thing that's really scary now, Natalie, is that nursing, that nursing home now, retirement village, they're no longer printing the names of who dies. They've stopped it. it. Used to be every every month in their newsletter. So, not only have they not investigated the deaths, now it's looking very much like they're covering things up. Um, and so, my next step with that one is actually to go to the police and get a crime report. I'm just uh, reaching out now to family members that are concerned about, you know, the suddenness of their loved ones dying. One chap I know there uh, in his eighties. And, and that's a good age. You know, I'm not going to object if I get to 80. But the, the family members had rung the day before to check, is he OK? And they rang before they set off. Is he fine? He's absolutely fine. He's having his lunch outside. By the time they arrived, he was dead. So really, you know, the, the nursing home should be asking questions and they're not. Um, the question I've got on that as well is, were or did the nursing homes aged care facilities, et cetera, did they label things as died by COVID when they weren't, you know, the way that the hospitals did and the way that I've found in the research I've done that many hospitals, I'm going to say in America, but probably in New Zealand too, got paid, you know, per death that was de died by COVID. We've yeah. heard that we've heard that, it, you know, that the numbers um, were inflated to make people encourage people to get the vaccine. It is all very questionable. Some of these questions have been in our minds for a while. It's time for these questions to be asked out loud. So thank you for raising them and for possibly following them up, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. We we we've, you know, a lot of us know what's happening, but we've actually got to take it the next stage, you know, asking those questions, particularly about the money, who benefits from this. And, and it is, it's big pharma, it's the drug companies, but it's some pharmaceutical practices that have expanded, you know, um, and it's educating people as well about, you know, what, you know, if you've got somebody that's listening today that needs to know, what do I do? How do I check if I am okay? Uh, a big shout out for New Zealand doctors, NZDSOS, yeah. you know, they will point you in the right direction. They've got details of what are the hot batches. 
um, you know, a hot batch being a vaccine that's having more adverse effects in our community than one that isn't. Um, but yet we can't sit idle. Um, we've got to, you know, get word out there and do what we can to um, alert people like the police so that the proper investigations are done. Yes, so the time has come and gone where we and many of us did try to deter family members, loved ones, random members of the public from going ahead with it. That And that time has come and gone. People did what they yeah. did. We're not trying to make anyone feel bad, but raising awareness so that people can be proactive in terms yes. of detoxing. Am I right? Yeah. Is that is that so you're saying people yeah. can get in touch with NZDSOS? Can you tell yes. us what the acronym is for New Zealand doctors? Yeah, New Zealand doctors speaking out with science. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, all credit to them. They are people that have been mandated out of their jobs. Really good doctors. I would say the creme, the la creme de la creme of our doctors. Same with our teachers. The really good ones that could that were educated, that could think for themselves, that weren't going to be coerced or bullied or made to feel guilty, that had a conscience within them that they could listen to, they all left. Mm -hmm. And so we've lost our very best teachers and we've lost our very best doctors. And that's something that we, we need to bring them back into the fold. We need them. You know, the, the, the schools need them and our hospitals desperately need the nursing staff and doctors back. I totally agree. So if people happen to know the batch number of the vaccine that they the injectable mRNA that they took, they are yes. able to contact um, NZDSOS and find out, are you saying some batches are placebo and some aren't? Um, we don't necessarily that they're placebo. I know um, Linda Wharton, who's another one of our heroes that needs a big shout yes, out. Indeed, Linda Wharton's got a view that maybe some of them weren't kept at the cold temperature they need to be. So maybe they didn't do as much damage in people's systems as they would have otherwise done. We don't know if there were placebos. I like to think maybe there were, because uh, like you, one of my children has been vaccinated, much against my wishes, but a grown child, what can we do? Um, I wished I'd got greater powers of persuasiveness back then, but I didn't. Uh, but it then means that you then educate yourself about what do we do to get the damage reversed or mitigated as much as we can. Is that something you can comment on? How, what can we do to mitigate the damage if someone either is feeling um, effects, you know, after effects, whether it be their heart or they know about blood clots, or whether they just don't have any effects but they're nervous now? Is do you know some steps they can take? I, I refer everybody to New Zealand doctors mm -hmm. because I know, you know, as a healer, I work with energy and vibrations, so I can feel if something's doing harm in the body. But um, legally, I'm not allowed to diagnose and legally, I'm not allowed to give any kind of medical advice. Mm -hmm. And so I always think if I refer them to New Zealand doctors, they will get there the help they need from somebody who is medically trained that knows about the spike proteins and how they connect to the ACE2 receptors in the cells. So I've got some knowledge, but I'd always rather that let's refer them to a doctor because that way they're going to get the right advice. Yes. And of course, not just go to see a doctor because usually they'll probably just put you on antibiotics. Um, the, go and see, look at one of the NZD SOS, ideally one of them. Like, They've do done. Zoom calls. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And what I'll aim to do is with the replay, I'll aim to find the link and put that with the replay. So you guys can, if you're listening, um, or you can just probably Google it, but we'll make sure you get in touch. Um, well, Jeanette, okay. What else would you like? I'm going to, I would love to talk about Wellington and your experience there, but is there anything else you want to share before we do that? 
Um, yeah, the, the mandates meant that, you know, when we were told we needed to have the vaccine, I, I work as a healer in close proximity with my clients, so I couldn't continue healing. Um, and so my healing centre had to close. Um, I'm fortunate that I can work on Zoom. Uh, so um, I was able to still provide, you know, my family with an income. Um, but I really did feel for those people that couldn't do that, that all of a sudden, especially trained professionals, whether it was firemen, police, army, doctors, you know, I've got a friend who's an anaesthetist. She had to walk away from a job that she's trained for years to do, very specialised job, but she couldn't continue. So I'd got great empathy. And that was why I, I travelled down to Wellington to stand for those that couldn't stand there. Um, but was horrified at, at what happened. Yeah. I believe that in Australia at the moment, at least there's been some um, class action suits and people are getting some, some people are getting some financial retribution. I don't know if that will, I imagine it might happen in New Zealand. Have you heard about anything like that? Uh, no, I've, I've not about people losing their jobs per se. I have heard about Casey Hutchinson, a class action there for her injury uh, and I'm also doing one with people that were injured at Wellington that's that's how I'm standing up and speaking out you get to realize you can't fight all the battles so pick and choose the ones that you can where you're knowledgeable and and I tend to find that the higher power puts you into the place where you can make most difference mm. um, so because I did have my sternum broken by police at Wellington I was one of the worst injured on the third day of the protest uh, what really shocked me was, apart from the injury, of course, itself, and then assault, I was assaulted by five different police officers when I'd done nothing wrong, broken no laws, been entirely peaceful. And even with a broken stern in absolute ang agony, I was still very, very peaceful and, and polite with people. Um, that The media then just completely cover it up, that, you know, the mainstream media is just, you realise it is just propaganda. The, the day after the 10th of February. So um, it was only the third day of the Wellington protest. 90 of the public were injured 30 seriously. It never got on a single radio station in a single newspaper. The newspapers said two police were injured. And for anybody that was there, you know, there was a huge outcry from the people, which meant more people then turned up at Wellington because we knew what had happened. The TV three and one hadn't reported it properly, but people had recorded it on their cell phones and the police turned on the people. It was just unbelievable. I'd never have believed it if I hadn't seen it myself. And I mean, many months have passed since then. And I think more people are realizing they weren't quite told the truth about that. I mean, for me, I was literally on the phone with some people close to me and I was saying, goodness me, you know, some of my friends are messaging me from Canada because they've heard about how the police have been behaving. Um, mm. And they were like, oh, where did you hear that? Like I got attacked for even insinuating that the police had behaved poorly. Meanwhile, my international friends were hearing all about it. We heard nothing about that in New Zealand, only about how poorly the protesters were behaving, which as you and I and many know now, that was absolutely not the case. Absolutely. Yeah. A very, very peaceful crowd of really decent human beings that were there for everybody else, you know, uh, wanting the mandates ended. How are your injuries now? 
Uh, I am fully recovered now, I would say. I mean, I don't know what it gonna, it's going to mean for me longer term. You know, I'm 60. You know, as, as we get older, you know, if you've had such a significant break, I mean, the sternum is a major bone. It's, mm. it's a strong bone. It's designed to protect the heart, the lungs. Um, breaking it normally is either a rugby scrum or a car accident without a seatbelt. And so when the police broke my sternum, um, other police, I think, didn't believe that it was possible that I could have had my sternum broken. And so two of them then twisted both my arms up behind my back with a broken sternum. The pain was just unbelievable. Um, paramedics, the paramedic that was there just stood idly by watching the police do that to me when he'd been called over because I'd screamed in agony saying I needed medical treatment. And then the paramedic then lifted me by my arms with a broken sternum when I should have been on a stretcher. They didn't call an ambulance for me immediately. I was there for a good hour, maybe up to an hour and a half, uh, just le left on my hands and knees in a lot of pain. Um, and then they arrested me, which the IPCA, um, that's the Independent Police Conduct Authority, they did an investigation. And they admitted that I shouldn't have been arrested and that there was a breakdown in communication, but no apology, um, no admission of guilt. Uh, the police say that um, there's no evidence that I was um, injured by the police. There's no evidence. It's like, well, I've got a broken sternum. I didn't just manifest that. And the frustrating thing for me, Natalie, is that I have videos from three angles of what mm. happened to me. And I, I, thought, I thought so, too. I thought I'd seen a video. Yeah, I've got videos of what happened to me uh, you know I've got videos of both police twisting my arms up behind my back and when the IPCA come back and say uh you know there's no evidence well the police said no evidence of assault it's like how can there be no evidence of assault I've sent you the videos and the IPCA say that I was in uh, what looked like to be a rugby scrum no I wasn't there wasn't anybody touching me behind it was just three police in front of me that attacked me so um Yes, that's been hard. I know I've still got to be patient and I know absolutely the truth will come out. But the longer this goes on, so initially it's the police that assaulted me and didn't arrested me wrongly. And then one one member of staff uh, perjured herself by lying about. I'd walked freely back with her to the arrest area. I was bent double. I, I passed out. I lost consciousness. Um but then you get the IPCA covering up, then you get the police covering up. And now I've got a judge that is, uh, yeah. So I have to now go down the legal course of action, which is uh, both uh, common law. I've been learning about common law. So each of the officers that assaulted me, there'll be a common law claim against them. And then I'm going to use a barrister for a class action uh, we call it a representative action here in New Zealand for those that were worst affected on the 10th of February, because we do need to hold people accountable. If we don't, then the very next time mm -hmm. where there's any kind of protest, the police have got carte blanche to do what they like because they've just broken my sternum and got off scot-free. So I won't be disappearing anytime soon. Well, that's very, speaking of up your brave, you upped your brave, yeah. you were at the front of the line, you bore the brunt. Our, our, all of our freedoms were under threat. Not everyone seemed to care or be concerned in, in New Zealand, obviously. Um, but so many people made it down there. Like you said, it was a peaceful, peaceful situation that got dialed up. And um, well, I'm I'm honoring you in that experience. And I'm hoping that, 
Yeah, they do be they are held accountable because like you said it sets the precedent going forward. This is not okay for police to be behaving like that. They are meant to be protecting and looking out for the public, not attacking them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so you you sort of understand that okay, so I got put in that place as I exercise my free will going there. Um um but I never expected New Zealand police to behave like that because people have said to me, oh, you are brave. I wasn't brave. To be brave, you've got to be scared. I wasn't scared. It never entered my head that the New Zealand police would do that. Mm -hmm. And then I actually, call me naive if you like, but I actually believed that the Independent Police Conduct Authority would look at my videos and say, oh, my goodness me, that shouldn't have happened. Let's haul these police officers up before the courts. And no, that's not happened. I've just been, you know, go away. <laughs> it's so yeah, it all needs to be exposed because if the IPCA don't investigate things that are shown to them clearly on video and reach a correct or fair conclusion, then what are they doing investigating things like murders? How do we know that we can rely on them and we need to be able to rely on them? Well, more and more people are starting to question what they see or what they're being shown, like on, like you said, yeah. on the mainstream media. We didn't hear anything. Uh, we we seem to hear only the side they want us to hear or see the only that side. So I think more people are now, um, many months later, questioning what they see or turning it off altogether um, and tuning in. That's why Reality Check Radio has done so well, because people are just craving to hear from real people who have, like you, have, who have personally experienced it. You were there. You can tell your story. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm honored to be able to, well, shine the light, but, you know, just allow you the space to share your story. And I know there are many other people who have been so negatively affected. Um, so I'm honoring your journey. What what else do you wish the, the New Zealand public would know now, 2023? Um, what do you wish? What, what do you want to say? What do you want to share oh. with us? I've I've got a whole list. I've got a whole list. So one of the things that how uh, this place is supposed to work, New Zealand's supposed to work, we're supposed to have a government elected by the people and the government is supposed to be carrying out the will of the people, you know, managing the resources of the country for the benefit of the people in a sustainable way. And we haven't got that. If we look at the legislation that's gone through in the last three years, and particularly for me, seeing the abortion bill going through, you know, you can now have up to day before full term abortions. Well, that's just wrong. You know, it's just plain wrong. But, you know, what's supposed to happen is the members of parliament put forward the bills. Well, clearly that's not happening because the legislation that's being passed here, here similar legislation is being passed in different countries all around the world. So there's an outside force, whether it's the UN, whether it's the World Health, WHO, um, or the WEF, the World Economic Forum, somebody else is pulling the strings of our government. That needs to be exposed. Um, there's a cool website called um, whoisthegovernment.com that's been done by a guy, Ewan Campbell. I first got in touch with Ewan Campbell. Somebody gave me his contact details the day after my sternum was broken to start looking at common law as a, as a way to get remedy. And he's done a lot of research. And one of the things he shows you is that New Zealand is, is a corporation. We are quoted on the United States Securities Stock Exchange as a company. Well, a company has a chairman and a board of directors, not a government. So there's, there's a whole thing that we need to ask about. Um, and different departments within within New Zealand, like, say, for prisons, they're making a certain amount of dollars every year. And it's like, 
hang on a minute, you really start asking some questions about what is going on here. Um, because the, the legislation that's being passed isn't for the people by the people. Somebody else is causing these bills to be written, like Three Waters. Where did that come from? Um, hey, Pua Pua, which is uh, this co-governance thing. Where's that come from? Now, I know that's come from UNDRIP, um, you know, which is the United Nations. Uh, it's to do with indigenous people, but it wasn't, it didn't arise from grassroots New Zealanders. You know, because if, if we were to sit down with, with a group of people anywhere, whether I'm in my hometown or, or Rewa or Christchurch now, you know, the things that bother the people are the price of food, the price of gas, the state of the roads, what's happening in the educational system with the sexualization of young children. The things we're bothered about just aren't in our legislation at all. Mm -hmm. we, there was nothing from a grassroots level about, you know, uh, the three waters. We weren't saying that was an issue. Where's that come from? And so we really do need to understand, you know, which of our politicians are in the paid employment of other people. And, and I think there should be absolute transparency. There's a lot of rumours, and I don't know whether they're true or not, about Jacinda Ardern's net worth now, what she was going into politics, what she was coming out. All of that should be transparent for our politicians as a starting point. And I also believe that they should be on performance-related pay, in any other business, if they weren't doing what we wanted them to do, we'd put them on notice and they'd be gone. We wouldn't have to wait three or four years for them to you know, come around again. We can have a completely incompetent MP that we've never even met, that isn't working on our behalf, uh, that is probably even working against our interests. Um, and so we've the, the whole system has to change. It's the system. If the system is has got the right checks and measures, then people within that system will correctly represent the views of the people that elect them, and and we can change, we can reverse a lot of the legislation that's gone through in the last three years and start getting this country back on a proper footing. It's and definitely so that's it's definitely time for doing that for reversing the way things have been because yeah. what I'm hearing from you and I agree it's almost like the politicians are being told what to be told, you know, what we're supposed to be told, you know, it's not that it's come from within it's, it's come from external and they're just yeah. reading, reading the script. That's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I didn't know, I, I consider myself quite well educated. I've got two degrees, but you can't know everything. And one of the things I've only just found out quite recently, and it was through RCR. So a big shout out to RCR. Rodney Hyde was doing a, a program on explaining the difference between first past the post politics, you know, when you vote and it's first past the post and the MMR, which is where it's more proportional representation. MM, is it MMP? MMP, that's it, MMP. Yeah, uh, how we've got uh, we've got a mix of the both here. And the thing that he explained that I hadn't grasped was that, you know, for a, a party, so your first past the postals applies, but then a certain number of seats, I think it's 20 seats out of 120, they get allocated based on who votes for the party. And then that party gets to put people in and each party's got a list and the members of the party vote for the rank order, the, the ranking order of different people on that list. But because of that, the whips, the party whips can keep everybody towing the party line. So even if you've got a local MP that is passionate about a particular subject, the party whip will have them vote another way so that 
when it comes to this MMP, that MP's got a chance of getting a seat even if they lose out. And I think that's one of the reasons that the politicians didn't talk to us at Parliament, because of that system with the party whip. Because they're supposed to work for us. We literally pay their salaries with the tax that we pay. What are they doing saying, we're not going to talk to you? That's not a democracy. No, not at all. Are you feeling positive about going forward in terms of, we we both agree the system has to change, yeah. um, but w- with an election coming up, are you, are you feeling positive? I know you might have something you want to share with us about that. Um, what are you, what is your path going forward and your thoughts on how can people make a change? Obviously, I, I think people still need to get out and vote 100%. Um, yeah. I am feeling positive, but I am also quite wary yeah. of the system. I think you need to use your vote, but the system we know is corrupt. We don't even know if you know we, we've got the same Dominion voting machines as we used in the United States. So we need a way of making sure that our votes are scrutinized properly. And so I recommend any of your listeners volunteer as a scrutineer in your vicinity so that we can make sure the authenticity of the votes. I believe we've got a lot of people who are standing up. I I wish uh, the small parties would come together more, the freedom parties would come together more. Um, I'm pinning my colours with Liz Gunn. The reason being... I believe Liz has got absolute integrity, honesty, no hidden agenda with Liz. Uh, She's been very brave, very fearless, very outspoken. She's the only, if you like, mainstream journalist that's done this, you know. Um, So, uh, you know, I I would, you know, I could hand on heart say, you know, I trust my life to Liz. And that's why I'm standing as a candidate for New Zealand loyal with Liz gone. Uh, But I'd also like to see a collaboration between the parties, because I do think we do need to all pull together. Um, There are some good people that have thrown their hat in the ring. Um, I would say most of the people that are throwing their hat into the ring, like myself, we're not politicians. We can't even stand politics, but we're recognising that the system has to change and we've got to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in that position where you know my gift is as a healer and so i remember you know when i had my kids Ooh, i love the um, idea of having a healer in government that sounds good to me <laughs> it, is, it is when i had my kids i was very torn between helping people with my healing gift and being a mom it was it was really painful and again i'm feeling that with politics but you can imagine being able to take a level of consciousness and awareness into parliament i, I personally got an opinion that all the mps that allowed themselves to be talked into not talking to any of the protesters at Wellington, I personally believe they all need to go Mm. because they are not representing the views of the people. That's my own personal opinion. And so I'd like to see a clean sweep of Wellington. I think we need to look at how we do um, government from a a completely new starting point. One of the things that's become very apparent to me, I, I'm going to be standing as a for Parliament in the Fongaparoa area. There are no systems in place for the local MP, Mark Mitchell, who is a national member of Parliament, for him to even find out what the community want. There are no meetings weekly, monthly, even annually. There's nothing. So what does he do? He does what the hell he likes, really, because oh, he does. He does what he's told. He does what he's told by the party whip. And that's not what's supposed to happen. And so one of the things I want to start is 
meetings with the community. I'll be very active going around, you know, the golf club, the tennis club, the RSAs, uh, yoga classes, whoever's running a group, just invite me along and I will talk about, you know, what I feel is important. Um, and, and it's the things that most people say are important, you know, cost of living, <laughs> price of fuel, you know, Marsden Point, that needs to be reopened. The state of our roads, the bitumen that we're getting from China now is dire. There's so many things that our politicians should be doing for us locally and regionally and nationally that they're not doing. Uh, we're just being spoon-fed this WEF and WHO propaganda. We, we need to not sign the WHO agreement. I think our deadline is November where we've got to opt out. We've got to say, no, we don't want to do this. Uh, we don't want somebody in the, in the United Nations or the World Health Organization saying, right, you might have a pandemic and all your businesses have got to shut again. Our economy can't stand that. So, yeah. So we've got to stand up and we've got to speak out and not be afraid. I would like to think that the Kiwis have learned a lot over the past year specifically around you know what what went down and mm. you know if things were if if something similar but different happened again surely we would have the courage and conviction more of us to stand up and to speak out um that's awesome that you're that you're standing i mean that you know it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a big deal to put yourself forward like that um mm. and so i wish you luck with that and of course like you said not just telling the people what they want to hear, but asking them questions, listening to what is concerning for them and how they would like to see things done in their local area. But of course, um, as a country, as a whole, um, I'm going to go to the questions that I ask everybody, Jeanette, and then I'll ask you um, if there's anything else at the end you want to add, we can do that then. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, I know Wellington is an obvious example, but um, is there something you've done in the last year where you consider yourself that you've truly upped your brave? Yeah, I I would say that um, when we first went into this three years ago, you know, I I really did push the envelope with all my family and friends, and and rebutted more often than not, you know, because they got their own views, and I was being selfish, and I didn't know what I was talking about, and because you know the government was the one source of truth, and and then I think I fell into this um, not speaking out, and then it it took a lot to come back out again even just mixing socially, I think we all withdrew into our little shells. And, and so just that coming out and again, daring to have those conversations again. Uh, you know, I sat, sat in, I mentioned earlier, I sat in one of the vax queues and sat, started talking to the people either side of me about, you know, uh, about the things that I've seen with this mRNA injection. Um and more recently in a in a waiting room uh, to go to the doctors with my daughter, um, the practitioners came to see me because I wasn't wearing a mask. And, and I was able to say to her um, that, look, the lady that told me not to wear my mask, her mask was down over her nose. So what's the difference? Oh, yes, I've spoken to that member of staff. She says, we have to do this. I said, you're telling me we have to do this. But she'd also said to me that over her, half her staff really hated wearing the masks and didn't believe in them. If you continue to do what they're telling you to do, mm -hmm. this is going to drag on. In mm -hmm. fact, it's going to get worse. We have to actually stand up. And so it's not necessarily big things. It's the small things, wherever we can speak out. It's like, you know, the word come to mind, right? Compliance 
and conversations. Yes. So ideally non-compliance or even questioning, wait a minute, why am I complying? Why Do I really I have to wear this mask? No, you actually yes. don't read my lips. No. <laughs> No, we yeah. don't. The, the masks, we know, the science shows us that the particle of the COVID, if there is such a thing, it's never been found in a laboratory, but were it to be, the particle would go through the mask. So why are we wearing the masks? It doesn't make any sense. Not to mention other issues around lack of connection, uh, breathing issues. It, it encourages people to mouth breathe, and which is not good for your dental health, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that. Daring to have the conversation. So I, I, I echo that. And I, you know, I had a friend the other day and she said, someone was asking her about her job and she just normally would say, oh, you know, she would talk about it, but she decided to up her brave and say, well, actually I got mandated because I didn't take the jab. So, and she decided to, that's coming out of the closet, right? So not everyone is out of the closet yet. And I think these conscious or courageous conversations don't have to be going to someone and saying, oh, did you hear about this? Well, did you hear about that? It doesn't have to be informing, but in terms of responding when someone says something, instead of taking, you know, the easier out, but actually to speak the truth and say, well, actually I was mandated. So it's actually been super hard for the last year. And some yeah. people would go, oh my God, I didn't realize I knew an unvaccinated person. And I'm like, newsflash, you know, hundreds, you just don't know, you know them because they're still um, in the closet. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, they, they don't understand what it was like for us, you know, no haircuts, no dentists, no library, no swimming, no sports with the kids. You know, we were treated like second class citizens. Standing outside, this is me standing outside of the cafe while my family is inside eating a meal and I am literally standing outside. It was weird. Um, other than my 11 year old, of course, he was he was allowed in. Um, yeah, interesting times. Uh, what is something if you've got one on your bucket list that we can possibly help you with. All right. Now we spoke a little bit off air and I said, I have really haven't got anything on my bucket list, but you asking me that question made me think about somebody I know that really needs some help right now. And she's a wonderful singer. She was at the protest with her. Her name's Joy May. She's actually my favorite freedom singer and her and her partner, the house burnt down mm -hmm. uh, just in the last week. And they've literally got nothing, even a guitar that she, you know, music, everything. They've lost everything, clothes, the whole lot. Um, and so if people could uh, make a small donation to Joy DeMay, J-O-Y-D-A-H-M-A-E, joydemay.com. She has got a, um, oh, I forget what it's called, you know, one of these. Give a little, is it? Give a little, that's right. But she's such a lovely, lovely, inspirational young woman, younger than me. <laughs> uh, and it's just so devastating, the loss that they've experienced. Well, that is lovely for you to pay it forward on the bucket list and do a little shout out, but not only that, a bit of an invitation for people to, um, to a fellow, you know, freedom advocate, uh, freedom fighter, joydemay.com. And are we going to play one of her songs later on? That will be lovely. Yes. I love all of her songs and a shout out for her new album that she's just launched as well. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Hopefully, the community, we can pull together. Um, some people might feel called to donate in dollars. That's amazing. And other pe people maybe just following her on the socials or on Spotify, wherever she is, um, and supporting her. And energetically, we're going to get her music out to the world. So we'll definitely play her song after this awesome. interview. What is coming up for you, Jeanette, in the, next, um, in the coming months? And how can people connect with you online if they want to talk personally or maybe... 
um, inv- would they, maybe they'd love to have a healing appointment with you. Yeah, cool. So what's coming up for me, I'm going to be head down, bottom up, <laughs> uh, working hard to um, get out into my local community, Fongaparoa area, um, uh, you know, doing the campaigning for, for this coming election and using that as a platform to raise all the issues that I believe people need to know about that we've been we've been kept in the dark for too long. Um, my healing will be taking a little bit of a backseat until middle of October. But if people do want a session with me, either for guidance, coaching or healing, um, my website's JeanetteWilson.com. And I've also got a YouTube channel where people can see my psychic surgery. If you've never seen psychic surgery, you might want to take a look at that. It really is quite remarkable. I've got about 1,100 videos of things like knees, shoulders, hips being fixed. And that, of course, would be my other agenda in getting to Parliament, that um, our doctors look at alternative health therapies for their clients as well as pharmaceutical drugs and surgery, because neither of those are usually the best solution. Very often there is something that can be di- can be given. It might be, you know, we need to make changes to the gut. The person may need to relax or, you know, there may be something else that can be done that's a lot less invasive than surgery. Um, and so my videos really do put out there that healing can work, does work, and maybe is an option that should be tried before surgery. Well, on my show, the Up Your Brave show, we are definitely open to talking about holistic health. So I have never heard of psychic surgery. I'm going to go watch one of these videos. It sounds interesting. So did you say the videos were on YouTube or are they on your website? There are some videos on my website, just a small sample, along with testimonials from satisfied clients. But if you really like the videos, and some people do get quite addicted to them, that people tell me they're good to watch just before bedtime, help you have a good sleep. And people also tell me that Say you've got a frozen shoulder. If you watch me working on somebody's frozen shoulder and you let the sound that comes through me go into you, you they can get an improvement in their frozen shoulder. So they the videos in themselves are quite healing. Well, guess who is just recovering from a frozen shoulder? Me, the left, the left shoulder. So I'm going to go watch that one. Awesome. That sounds good. Um, amazing. Hey, before we wrap it up, is there anything you'd love to share with our audience on today's topic, which is standing up and speaking out? If you don't, who will? You know, if there's a bit of information you have that you know somebody needs to have, speak it out. Yes, they can dismiss it. But if you don't speak it out, you never know if that little bit of information is just what they needed. So do have the confidence, particularly if you feel inspired to speak, to speak. I agree. Thank you so much, Jeanette Wilson, on standing up and speaking out. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Jeanette. Some pretty amazing insight there from Jeanette Wilson with her own personal experience at the Wellington protest, as well as her thoughts on how it's time for more people to stand up and speak out. And she is exactly doing that. And now with a little bit of a political hat on, which is exciting. You can learn more about Jeanette, JeanetteWilson.com. It's J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E, Wilson.com. She does psychic surgery. That's She's got a channel on YouTube. You can go and watch that. She said that she also, she told me she's got a thousand uh, meditations that are free on her Facebook. So you can look her up on Facebook as well, Sangha Meditations. She's a huge fan of radical self-responsibility and encouraging people to be responsible for themselves. I hope you've gained something from that interview. 
We would love to hear your feedback. So by all means, get in touch 2057 on the text. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here on Reality Check Radio with Natalie Cutler-Welsh. Up next is my interview with Ross Campbell. Ross is an activator, an activist, a truth seeker, and a fitness enthusiast. And today we're going to be talking about why it's time to get off the fence. Welcome, Ross. Thank you very much, Natalie. So good to have you here. We're actually sitting here in person, and I'm excited to dive into your story. I know you've had, um, you've got an incident to share with us and that occurred that you were involved in, and also quite an extensive background. So I'm just going to give our listeners a little overview. For those of you that don't know Ross, as I mentioned, he's an experienced actor and presenter. Um, he's got an explosive story, which kind of exposes a lot of the uh, what's behind a lot of these movements, like the trans movement, the climate change, et cetera, et cetera, um, which is really also a, an attack on women, that movement that we've seen really playing out in the past few months, and also targeting children by sexualizing and confusing them. Um, so that's something else. We're going to dive into all the things today. He's been researching extensively over the past three years, as many of us have. Um, and tragically, he's also been a victim of child molestation and adult drug rape. So very, very um, emotive issues. And a lot, sadly, a lot of our audience can possibly relate to that as well. Um, also, some background in alcohol and drug addiction, which he's been through, and of course, rehab and coming out the other side. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how you also were unable to continue with the acting due to the mandates. So Ross, before we dive into all that, what is your overview? How have the last three years been for you personally? Pretty tough. Pretty tough. When these uh, mandates first came in, the lockdowns, what was so... um angered me. Uh, I knew all this was going to happen. I stumbled upon this 15, 20 years ago, the playbook. So when it actually happened, uh, I knew we were in trouble. And then um, it was tough because um, uh, I got cancelled from the acting career. I got locked out of the gym. And, you know, that's my therapy, the gym, you know, which relates to the alcohol and all that uh, and addiction. And um, Friends deserted me, family deserted me, so it was um, pretty tough. And um, it, it, it just seemed, you know, uh, there was no end to it, you know. Like so, I went into depression, which is a which is a trait in my family. So it was pretty hard to um, avoid. You kind of got that that double whammy with you know something that you I think possibly not were reliant on but the fitness was as a way for you to cope or to oh, yeah. a, a, an outlet for you suddenly you couldn't go there suddenly you couldn't do your craft acting yep and um it's only natural that you would you know go downhill to a certain extent I broke how yeah what what was me. the turning point for you uh it was um I ended up uh in a real depression and i ended up going to a mental hospital or suicidal mm. um because my father committed suicide mm. so, and it's a trait depre- a clinical depression is a trait in our family and um so yeah i just i actually went to the doctor and um i haven't told many people this i asked to be euthanized wow. and yeah and they virtually laughed at me you know well didn't laugh at me but um you know, sent me away. <clears throat> and then um You know what? I'm just gonna jump in. I'm from Canada. 
I know. And in Canada. I know. They would have said, yep, we can do that, no exactly. problem. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's that's their rules. That's what my friend Jonathan Clark said, you know, Liz's um cameraman producer. He he said that mm. if you had have been in um Canada, yeah, they would have obliged. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, so I ended up um I wanted to go back into another rehab, my fifth rehab, but um they couldn't accommodate me and I and you know, I didn't have a lot of time, you know, when you're in deep depression. So they got a hold of the crisis team and put me in a mental hospital for a while. Did that help you or did it hinder you? It was horrible. Right. It's one of the most scariest things because when you go through that door and they sort of lied to me, they said well, I was going to go to an elderly place, you know, for rest. And then and it was the mental hospital. And uh, once you go through that door, you've got no rights. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, and I saw things that shouldn't be happening. You know, they, you know, even medication, they came out with the wrong medication. And it's just, and if you, you've got to be very careful. If you complain or something, they think you're paranoid. Because mm. people in there, you know, like people are getting there wearing nappies mm. and violence. And there's just all sorts going on, you know. So I couldn't wait to get out of there. But you remained unjabbed. They didn't force that on you or anything no they they tried to okay they tried to and there was something very sinister and i'm going to mention this um i was speaking with a couple of psychiatrists and they asked me something and you know very unusual they said to me you know and he, lo he looked at me quite slyly because i used to be a profiler you know with the in england uh, no i don't know what that is Oh well, I was I used to work alongside British uh, British soldiers right. um, when the IRA were bombing, and so I was a profiler. I, I had to try and spot the bombers, right? Right, so I can read yeah. body language and that. And and the the psychiatrist looked at me slyly and said, uh, "If you have a heart attack, do you want to uh, be resuscitated?" And I thought, "Whoa!" So I got angry, mm. and he sort of backed off. So, yeah, they were trying to encourage me to get the jab, um, but no, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. And I sat there for three weeks just wondering, what am I doing here? It was. How did you get out? Because I imagine for some people, if they don't have family advocating, like, how do you get out of that? I, act, I, I brought all my acting skills to the fore. Nice. And um, I said, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And so I managed, and I wasn't. I was still really depressed, mm -hmm. but I, I had to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And um, so they let me out, and and the uh, crisis team kept checking up on me, and um, they knew I was still a mess, you know, because uh, I couldn't – I lost, you know, I lost my confidence. I, I couldn't cook. I couldn't eat. I couldn't bathe. You know, it's just when you're in that deep hole – you can can't do anything, mm. and and I lost all my mus muscle too. That really depressed me. Mm. So that's and so anyway, so they took me to a mental health respite, and it's one of the best things that could have happened. They were Christian people. Now I've, I'm not a Christian person, but they took me to this beautiful place called Beth Sheen, and they were Christians, and they know what we know about the jabs, but these beautiful people took it so they could help the mentally challenged people. Right. So they put themselves, their life on the line. And I was there for three weeks and they prayed over me and all sorts and took me to, to a church. And um, 
it I I came out of that feeling okay, um, you know. But I had to get back into my training, and so that you know, training really helps me. It's not just um, you know, it's my head, but it's also I I come from a very dysfunctional background. I've always felt inadequate mm. with myself, you know, and even. You know, I've done bodybuilding, martial arts, all sorts, you know, modeling, acting. But even now, I still feel it's inadequate. And I've spoke to psych, certain psychs that have said, you're a perfectionist and you're a, you've been in the worst business you could ever be in, and that's modeling yeah, because it's based on perfection. And they said, and as you age, it's, you're going to find out. And, and that was part of me ending up in the mental hospital and everything. So much in that, you know, even the topic of inadequacy, yeah, um, feeling not good enough, not yeah. perfect, not in when you're bodybuilding, not muscly enough, yeah. you know, as a model, Don't not hot enough, yeah. I'm not good enough, yeah, yeah. And, and it, you know, I used to be big, mm. but when I look at what it is, it's called bigorexia. <laughs> I used to have a girlfriend that was anorexic bulimic, right? What I am is the complete opposite, the inverse. I look in the mirror. You know, I can be really muscly, but I see a skinny man. You truly do see a skinny man. A skinny man. It's just like I'm in reasonable shape now, but I just, I, I don't like it. Yeah. It's not enough. You know, what it is, like I explained with Liz, it's my shield of armor. Mm-hmm. It keeps people there. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at me and think, well, that's why I get roles as the villain in the mafia and or, or a cop like authoritative roles. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have worn many hats and played many roles. And now, I mean, you're, you're playing the role. You're, you're embracing this new role of um, being an activist, being an advocate for people that are getting um, mistreated. And I know that you were involved in the Posey Parker incident. And of course she's coming back to New Zealand. Can you walk us through what happened on that day for you? Yeah, I was watching it. The week, the building up to it, you know, and because uh, as I said, you know, I'm a profiler and I can, you know, I take a lot of what's being said and what's not being said, you know, read between the lines. Mm. And the government, the media, they were all doing a, a character assassination on her. They um, tried to keep her out of the country. They, um, the whatever minister, he, he or she tried to, um, re- you know, revoke the visa or whatever. So I knew, and I saw that um, Chanel Lal the day before on the news, mm-hmm. and I could see he was acting. He was like he was saying he's really scared. You know, this is the worst he's ever felt. You know, about coming to this mm-hmm. because the media and the government they spun a lie. They were saying that she's a protester. I was going to say, what a surprise! They were at what was it? Um, what did they call them? Oh, whatever the protesters, but Kelly. Uh, She's not a um, protester. Mm. She was putting on an event for women to have a platform to sp- just speak their mind, right? You know about about all this trans stuff, about them in the sports invading women's spaces. I mean, you know, it's it's just all bizarre. It's mm-hmm. it's all wrong. And so, um, yeah. So I knew there was going to be problems. But I wanted to go, I wanted to listen, you know, go up and hear what was said. And it was bizarre. When I got there, it was just so much more than I, I mean, there was two, 3,000 of them. And it's, you know, it wasn't just trans, it was all their supporters. And I'm talking about 
I'm quite disgusted with them. Older people, you know, like defending them. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've probably seen the signs and everything, you know, disgusting. And um, they, because there was only about a couple of hundred, you know, and uh, the, they were like corralled, right? And I thought, oh, no. You know, and they were just so oh, ag- aggressive. You know, the noise and the whistles and banging and they were just intimidating. And um, I thought there's going to be problems, mm. you know. And then I was watching, and then as soon as that Colombian guy put the soup over her, that was like a signal because as soon as that happened, it revved them up. They got they it really became mob mentality. I've never I've never I mean I've done security in England with all sorts, bodyguard, personal protection, uh crowd control. I was scared. Mm. You know, and these poor women, they were people they were screaming, there was all, you know, like they they were just getting shunted around because once that soup went over, the, they just threw the fences aside and came at us. And um it was. I was really scared for Kelly J. You know, if I felt like that. But see, what happened was her securities had stood down. You know, like in Australia, they had suits. Well, mm-hmm. that's what we wear suits. You got to look professional. Mm-hmm. Well, they stood down. We found out later, and they and they they had uniforms, and the uniforms aren't as trained. You know, and they don't have the same impact. I mean, they did a good job. But they made some bad calls, and the, and they didn't know what to do, you know, because they should have really just kept her in that rotunda. Mm. Even if they were coming in, they could have just shoved them out. Right. By bringing her out in the open, they subjected her to some real danger, you know. It's I feel like, and I wasn't there on the day. I feel like the media re- kind of stirred that up in the in the they prelude. You exactly so even right. in the media talking about it and. You kind of almost in creating a creating a hype about and they it. They did that on purpose. No, that's the concern. So my concern is, and the government's done this for years. And the government, right? The the government and the media's done the this media, for years, yeah. wanting to it, like divide people and have them. That's what it is. Every, turn and attack. Everything's division. It is. You know the jabs. Yeah. The Maori non Maori, the co governance and all that. Yeah. And it's all these distractions that, to divide us. Yeah. So it makes us easier to control. Yeah. Right. And. um and then you're know, right down to the government, the media, police, like that day. It's unbelievable. You know, it's we've got we've got uh video clips where the little lady, Linda, she done a great job, you know, she's a tough little thing. She was the police li- liaison. Mm-hmm. They were interacting right up to the morning, and they, you know, and then suddenly that morning she couldn't get a hold of them on the phone and they didn't turn up at the meeting time. Anyway, they, they they were there. They ended up there, and she went running out like other people did and said, please, help, you know, there's people getting hurt in there. And they they literally said, we're not here to help you. And we've got the clips. And, right, you know, like this is why I'm chasing the cops at the moment and they're avoiding me because they know if, like, I get attention being an actor, that the media will be there, they'll mm-hmm. have to be there, and they're really scared that this is what's going to come out because somebody made the call, and it goes right back to the government. The cops got told to stand down, mm-hmm. even though they knew. I Actually, I'll tell you, I'll jump right to the end. When I, when we got Posey out, 
I'd been, you know, whacked over and spat on and kicked. I saw two cops and I went to them and, I, and, the, and the woman cop said, you all right? And I said, no, nah, I just got beaten. And you know what she did? Her and the, and the other guy, they just looked away. So they were all told to stand down. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they waited outside until we got her out and they made it, they come for the cameras to make it look good. Right, to make it look like they're escorting you, like helping you Escort, to yes. get out safely. But we'd, all, we'd already been beaten up. Yeah. And women, I was seeing women screaming and thrown on the ground. It was hard, but, you know, because I, I was in such a, I didn't know what to do. I had to think quick on my feet because, well, I'm getting whacked. Mm. You know, I just wanted to unleash. But then she's there. And, I, you know, I knew if I don't help her, you know, with my professional background, mm. I had to help get her out mm-hmm. because, like, she was scared and people were trying to, I've never seen, it was vicious. They wanted, they wanted blood, you know, and I, I can't believe that we got out of that. It was very scary, Natalie. You know? Well, it was a, I mean, it was a tragic event. It didn't need to go that way. I think it was planned to go that way. And yes, but like it's it. good that it did happen. Why is that? Because it's unveiled. It's exposed mm-hmm. for what they are. Like, she was filming it live, um, Posey, and so were a lot of people. I- I've got to give a mention here to Simon Anderson. Okay. He's what a great bloke. We didn't know there were cameras. He sent up one of those big cameras with the 360. If it wasn't for Simon Anderson. Like a drone? Like a, it's a camera. It's okay. a 360. Right. If it wasn't for Simon, none of this would have come out. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So people around the world saw what happened live. And I got I got just all of this uh, influx of um, messages from around the world mm-hmm. thanking me and all that because they could they could see what happened, but also I got a lot of hate too. I was I got attacked by the trans big time, you know. So um, Simon Anderson, shout out to him. Shout well, out it, to him. Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes you know around the world they can see things more clearly sometimes than we can from our own perspective here in New Zealand. People were scared watching it live. They couldn't believe it. I mean, it, like I said, it, it's exposed their agenda, mm. right? You know, because, like, people said it really well to me. Um, this is how, you know, the gen- generalisation is we were plight. You know, we were, you know, okay, we'll call you by your pronouns, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be nice. But now they've, they've exposed their ugliness and how um, vicious they are. Mm. Like, they want respect in that. But then, you know, they demand it, you know, like they're, they're trying to eradicate women. I mean, how dare they think they can go into women's spaces, you know, to a young girl in a, in a changing room and, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And and they're demanding and, and they're like, we've got to call them, Miss and you know, and their pronouns, nah. So, I got all these messages from around the world saying enough's enough, mm. that's it. So, that's part of you saying I'm an activist, mm. we're going to expose all this because mm. this is all heading to pedophilia. Yeah, well, before we get to that, I I mean, I personally think that the trans like transgender has been around for for ages and ages. And I don't want trans people. Exactly. That's what I wanted to highlight. What we are what I'm concerned about. I won't speak for you. What I'm concerned about is it, they're being played, actually. They've been played. Yeah. The LGB have been hijacked. Mm. 
mm-hmm. by the trans. And the trans agenda. The trans agenda. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, the trans activists. Mm-hmm. And because um, this is, you know, like you, you, you've probably seen clips of, you know, like adults and ba- like they're acting like a baby and yeah. all of that. What they're doing, if that's part of it, they're, you know, oh, so they can play with little boys and girls, you know, mm-hmm. if you accommodate them. Mm-hmm. It's all it, it's all that same agenda. It's all heading to the pedophilia, normalizing, normalizing everything. Yeah. Well, the sexuality, but it's it's sinister. It is. It is. And um, I'll just I'll just mention a few other previous episodes we've had that relate to th- some things we've discussed so far. So for our lovely right. listeners, um, if you missed the episode where I interviewed Marie McLean on her book, The No BS Guide to Getting Sober, definitely check that out. So it's okay. like, you know, if we can help some people who are, are having issues around drug yeah. or alcohol abuse. Um, definitely listen to that episode. It's not just about alcohol. It's about anything um, that's maybe a crux, a crux in your life. Um, also, I interviewed the amazing Gloria Masters about child sex trafficking. And of course, the Sound of Freedom movie is coming out in New Zealand, 24 August. Yeah. So I'm trying to shut that down. Yeah, there's there's tons of these issues coming up. So your stance today, Ross, is really about it's time to get off the fence. Yeah. What is your what is your message to the Kiwis about that? There's so many people that have got their heads buried in the sand because they don't want to know. Mm. You know about all this trans stuff and and everything else, the jab stuff. You know because we've been played big time. Yeah. And um, what I've tried to say to people, you got to make a stance. You're either with them or you're with us. You know <laughs> because if you're not with us, you're enabling this to keep going on and on, right? So you're tacitly with them by being on you know on the fence. But what you don't understand is at some stage it is going to come for you, you know, but it's time now to wake up, you know. I agree it's time to wake up. What I want to challenge you on is is your stance of, you know, you're either with us or you're with yep. them, yep. which feels divisive. So are we not trying to get away from the division? Yeah, but but we're the ones that are uh, with the injustice. You're like we're being attacked, you know, like, I mean, even everybody is, mm. but there's so many people out there that are unaware that all of this division has been created globally. Yeah. So so they can, you know, instill install their agenda, right? And it, it's it's all distractions. Mm. You know, the trans, the the jabs, this now around the world, the voice in Australia, the co-governance here, here poor poor. It's all to cause division because of, on Twitter. It's like it's already a civil war going on. You can see the animosity between the Māori and non-Māori. It's been stirred up. Yes. And what they would like is a civil war. You know, that's what they, they're doing now is changing all the names to Māori names and saying they're going to help um, Māori farmers. And you know what I mean? It's all it's all designed to be divisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if it sounds like that for me, I don't mean it to, but you know, pe- we need the people that are unaware of what's going on to just do a bit of research. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here because some people yeah, will be listening. No, fine. Some people will be listening and they'll be going, but no, we're, we're just trying to right the wrongs of the past. You know, we're just trying to make it more fair, right? Instead of, you know, if um, 
I understand. Yeah. So some people might be feeling that. Yeah. I understand. So it's like special treatment versus righting the wrongs of the past. How can we come together as a country? Yeah. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I understand. But it's like, is this your house? Yeah. What happens if they come and say, listen, we're going to right the wrong? You're out. Yeah. You paid for this house. Tough. This is our land. So, Joe. So we just righted the wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, people are going to think of this individually. You know, it's easy to generalize, you know. And um, and actually, I've been doing a lot of research with history, and a lot of it's not quite right. Agreed. Absolutely. You know, there was people here before Māori. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fair people. Fair. I've, I, you know, I've got the stuff at home. But anyway, yes, yeah, so... And then, but what about people like me and like my family that have been here generations? Yeah. It's not our fault. It's not my fault. It's like, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? And also sometimes what I feel like is happening now is we're almost trying to overcompensate sometimes. So then it creates division. That's right. It's, it's, I mean, sorry, but a lot of it to me is virtue signaling too. Absolutely. You know, and um, like I said, I've been around, you know, and, you know, (laughs) I'm as like, I've been, um, been an actor. I'm like an um, investigative journalist. That I've always been interested in why. You yeah. Know? And so, I've, you know, the last three years especially, I'll tell you now, some people drove me in the middle hospital. I was waking up. I, I wake up at about six or seven. I cut coffee. I'm on the uh, computer mm-hmm. till about 10 at night. Mm-hmm. Every, so I'm doing like seven days a week, double shifts, because I'm so and. I need to know. I want to know what's really happening because mm-hmm. I know there's a um, a narrative out there that's not true. You know, it's all it's all lies. Like this really done my head in too. And I I went to a group, and I'll tell you this: it's a male group for sexual males that have been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll mention it. It's called a place called Better Blokes. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you got a lovely man. We've all been abused. Me. Um, uh, Dave Passel, he runs it. Wonderful guy, Simon Johnson. What and so, you know, uh, um, what where was I leading with this? Um, it's all, it's all, you know, an agenda. It's all. Oh yeah, you're what? Like you're you're saying you've researched like twenty four seven. You're all yeah. three researching, yeah. and it's not just the mandate stuff. It's everything, history. You know, I do cooking, training, everything. You know, I, I'm just, I've got to be on the, I, I feel sorry for kids. I understand because I'm addicted. I've got this. To learn, to learning. I've got and, this thirst for knowledge. So here's the thing. The some, truth. Yeah, I hear you. And I've got the, I've got the, the, the thirst and the, I'm on a quest as well for yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Some people would say, and I got this too, you know, when I was, when I was getting bullied for basically in wanting I had this mom's group and I didn't want them to encourage the teenagers to get the jab. And I was most concerned about it. And I had people messaging me going, Hey, Nat, why don't you take a break from social media for a while? Mm. Or it seems like it's really getting to you. And I'm like, the social media is not getting to me. What's getting to me is people are not asking critical questions. Exactly. They're only doing what they're told. So what I'm, some people might be thinking, Ross, come on, that's not good for you to be researching from seven in the morning till 10 at night, you know, take a break, buddy. What is driving you? Meaning I get that you want to know what's going on, but what do you want to do with that? I really want the truth to come out. There's a lot of people hurting mm. out there. Um, you know, it's like like that's what I was getting at with the group. I was in the group and they didn't really understand me this night. I said, my whole life, 67 years has been a lie. 
there's been a narrative. You know, it's like, you know, people think we're free. We're not free. You know, it's all, everything has been set up, you know, like right back to the medicine. It was taken over by the Rockefellers and inversed. So, you know, a lot of these um, doctors and all that, they think they're doing the right thing, but they're not, you know, and and, and things like, um, you know, the Federal Reserve, all this tax and bloody money, all these loans they lend out, out of, out of thin air. You know, it's everything's been designed and set up for us to be indebted in a in a slavery, mm-hmm. you know, and school dumbed down. I used to often when I was a kid at school, I used to think, why aren't we learning about um psychology and and how to handle money and all this stuff in school instead of all this rubbish? You know, because I'll tell you, Natalie. I never thought, because apart from my dysfunctional home, I always felt I wasn't interested, I didn't belong, you know, because school disinterested me. But now I know why, because it was all set up to dumb us down, you know. So and there was just something wrong. I always thought it was me that I didn't fit in. I'm going to do a little shout out to anyone in the audience. Send us a text if this resonates with you, some of what we're saying, if you've got thoughts on it, questions about it, or if it resonates with you around feeling alone, like mm-hmm. that that whole thing. And also earlier when you were talking about feeling not good enough, what was the word you used? Inadequate. Inadequate. We'd love to hear from you. 2057, so 2057 on the text or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you. One thing I'd love to mention, because some people will, you know, they they might have thought about, oh, education, like, yeah, it actually has been dumbed down yeah. or um, other things. I was um, chatting with a woman not so long ago, and she said to me, she said, you know, my child is, you know, my my child is involved in promoting the um, action against climate change and everything. She's super into that. But I was so confused that she was also open to the jab. Yeah. And I said, because I kind of have, I'm a little bit unfiltered sometimes. Yeah. And I said, I yeah. And I said, oh, that makes total sense to me. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, because they're just telling them what to think. Indoctrinated. I said, climate change, the trans agenda, the COVID jabs, yep. it's all the same. Exactly. And she was like, oh. And I think in, I guess that some people will feel that might ruffle some people's feathers to hear me say that. Yep. But what I'm saying is, I feel like we, humanity, have been told what to think. And then, of course, people do the virtue signaling and and everything. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Ukraine. Yes. You know, all the things. All the things. We have been gaslighting. Same but different. It's all gaslighting. Everything. Everything they say, it's the inverse. It's the the opposite. Yeah. Did people not notice that their whole lives, every movie they see, every TV show, well, guess who's the the spy it's a russian spy exactly did you not notice exactly and you know this putin you know like uh people have got it all wrong eh? you know you you know you know the history in ukraine they they, there was the uh, the united states are the biggest terrorists so i'm sorry but they are i'm not american i'm no i know but to anyone that's listening right because they 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 have um they're like Ukraine, they 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 installed through Victoria Newland, they extolled um the puppet they wanted there in 2014, and they were bombing the Russian citizens in Donbass and that for what eight years or so before Putin reacted. 
and he also reacted because they've got bio labs over there, a whole heap of bio labs, and there was talk that they were going to be uh, engineering them to target Russians. So he really didn't have any choice. So, but you did right. We've been gaslighted about everything: the jabs, ev- everything, the the everything's a distraction from what's going on. What's really going on? So I think basically, I guess what I want to say about that in terms of Russia, I just want people to take away. There's more than meets the eye. Yes. We're not being told the whole story. Yes. We are, in fact, being told what to think and what symbol to put around our little Facebook profile photo. And just I'm just we're just encouraging people, or at least I am, you know, it's either time to get off the fence or maybe just like rub the dust out of your eyes and look around. You know what? I I. I learned is to, because I used to, you know, I'm a loner, right? But I, I I can't watch TV anymore. I can't read the paper anymore because it's all lies. It's all gaslighting. It's all the inverse of what's actually happening, you know? And so I go to sources like alternative sources that are really um, honest, you know, like Redacted, uh, Glenn Beck, all these uh, ex-journalists um, and got their own podcasts. Joe Rogan, um, Russell Brand, and all that—they're on these. They're talking the truth, and and they're exposing all this. And it's 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 the great awakening. I, I, this is what I read 15, 20 years ago, and I didn't understand. It sounded. Where did you read it? Fifteen to twenty. Years I stumbled ago. upon it. I uh, New World Order, and I thought, "What's that?" And so I I looked at I looked at it, and I thought. Yeah, oh, that sounds pretty. Yeah, being an actor, it sounds pretty fantastical, you know. Mm. I thought, well, if it's going to happen, it won't happen in my life. It might happen in 2050 or something. And like I said, as soon as that lockdown came, yeah, I knew because it was going to be introduce a virus, uh, locked out people down till the the vaccine comes out, and then when it comes out, um, the next thing it's going to be climate. Uh, climate crisis, and then it's going to be a war, right? And then it's going to be aliens. Look what's happening now with the aliens. What is happening now for people that only it, watch mainstream? They, you know, how they denied it for all these years. Now they're they're going into into Congress and in America and that saying all the whistleblowers are coming out there about the aliens and everything. And I'm very dubious about this, and as a lot of people are. You know, now it's because it's part of the agenda. You know, like holograms and all that. It's just everything, everything, like 9-11. That's all coming out. If you look at, go on Twitter, people are awake. So I guess the takeaway that I'm hearing from you is really around, like, question everything. Exactly. But don't get so deep into it that it's, you know, that it's causing you strife. Because I think some people... I don't mean some people can handle it better than others, but kind of some people will get really affected by that. They're just more, you know, they're more, um, yes. and not empathic. I'm not sure what the word is, but just obviously you want to learn, you want to be aware, yeah. but for, to what end, I suppose. And for you, you're curious, you have this quest for knowledge. You want to know yeah. the truth, but for you, is it that you want it when people, when some people start to question things, you want to be able to maybe elaborate or like, do you want yeah. to be able to answer some of their I questions? I just want justice. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I really want it because there's some really best stuff. Like I shouldn't be here. You know, I, I a lot of people have committed suicide that they haven't, hasn't come out. Right. You know, through the lockdowns and 
and the jabs and everything. And um, it's like they overinflated the COVID deaths, but they under under um, reported some of the other stuff. And they changed that. They actually changed the terminology for suicide. You know that, eh? They changed the the terminology to to make it. You know, like everything, they to to soften mm-hmm. soften the blow. Yeah. You know, like you know, like myself. You know, if it hadn't, I hadn't been blessed with what you know. They, I was saved. I should I should have been one of the statistics. Right. So you know, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I'm angry that I got put in that position. I did nothing wrong, and I lost everything: my family, my friends, my career. Has anyone come back? Like I know that I think you mentioned before we started recording that um, you still need people still need the jab to be actors, which baffles my mind. But has anyone come back and either apologized or no. said, "Hey, listen, I might have got it wrong," or "Hey, buddy, sorry, no. I treated you badly." Nobody, nobody. You know, I can't believe it. It's you know, but and and this is, I never knew that I had quite a hard heart because I you know I love people. You know, I absolutely love animals. You know, you, but I love people. You know, and. I am disgusted with a lot of people, mm. you know, that um, with a jab, for instance, you know, it's their prerogative if they wanted to get jabbed, but I can't believe how ugly and nasty they got mm-hmm. about what, you know, they, the the vitriol, the, we were demonised, you know. Uh, I feel like some people in my neighbourhood would have literally dubbed me in if that's what it came to. If they literally, hangus. yeah, they would have literally like knocked on my door and like dragged me out and reported me to the police. I felt like a leper. <laughs> We were like lepers, yeah. You know, and and I tell you, it's one thing to make a mistake, but to have it for three years, constant that that ugliness mm-hmm. inflicted on us, and um, I'm, my heart has hardened. Um, there's no forgiveness from from me. Like I've already my my fa- I've already just lost a dear friend. She was in remission from cancer. Had. Her star- and she got turbo cancer. Bang! Within a few days, she was dead. Mm-hmm. And and after I, the jab, are you saying after the jab? Okay. My, my and it, they didn't even know it was there. And then suddenly it came. Mm-hmm. My sister's got cancer or had cancer. My brother, you know, like I, what I've done is I've hardened my heart. Mm. I've already grieved and mourned. And so if, when something happens, I'm expecting it. I know that must might sound hard, but I have to do that because when I was in the pits of depression, I, the last thing I needed to hear, I wanted to die before my family did because that would have been too much for me, right? right? Not only being ostracized, but if they died, you know, and um, that, that was really hurtful for me. And so since I've come back, bounced back, and they still got the same attitude. I um I've had enough. Mm-hmm. There's no forgiveness, you know. And have you found your tribe? You like you know how a lot of people say yes, I lost I friends, have. but I found amazing ones. I found lovely people. Shane Rosa at Shooters and Liz Gunn and all of these people. And you know, we go we have these groups and they're beautiful, beautiful, real people. Mm-hmm. See, um I'm a loner. I'm a loner. Um I I finally realized a couple of years ago why I don't fit in because I didn't know the word sigma. Do you know a sigma male? I know the word. I don't know what it means. Alpha males, uh, people okay. that demand the the remove, you know, respect. Uh, beta males, uh, they, you know, they're timid and fit in. 
I'm a Sigma. I didn't even know it was a word <laughs> until I found out. And now I've read it, Sigma male, that's me. Yeah. Now I understand who I am, what I am. A Sigma male is a lone wolf, prefers their own company. Like being an actor, mm-hmm. it's like I'm a Sigma male introvert. And being an actor and being a model and an actor and that, people think I'm an extrovert. And, like, I'm a chameleon. Yeah, well, I, you can turn it I on. I can fit into anywhere, yeah. right? Because we used to go schmooze at all these, you know, parties and functions. But really, you know, like, I've always been quite recognisable as an actor and that or a model, whatever, out on the street. And it's good. You know, it's it's good for my ego, but then I've got to get away from it. Yeah. I can go out for a little while, but then I've got to get back home. Yeah. Um, and that's the introvert, the sigma male, mm. and we're we're sort of aligned with the alpha male. But rather than being loud and demanding it, we can do it in another way. We can be up there, but as an example, and um, like um, you know, help people, and but do it quietly. Mm. Rather than loud and so I'm a, yeah, Sigma male. Nice. Well, you're definitely helping people, sharing your story today. Thank you. Encouraging people to Thank you, get man. off the fence. Get, not only get off the couch, but get off the just just get do off some re- just do some research. Turn the TV off. Don't read the Herald, and just do some research. Yeah. And it, it, you'll discover some good stuff. You know, it can be helpful. So I'd love to ask you. Yeah. What is one thing you've done in the last year? Yeah. Where you've truly upped your brave. Okay. Well, bouncing back from the, you know, from where I was yeah. a year ago, mental hospital, and to how I feel now, it's been big. And also, I guess, the posy thing, um, because uh, the the attention I got from it, like like I said, I, we didn't know cameras were there. Mm. So, we, you know, we were just, we just, you just had to do it because, you know, I had to live with myself. I was it like an instinct for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just knew. As soon as I got there, and I, it was just uh, palpable. You know, the, you could feel it. It was um, like virtually tangible. The, the, the aggression, the anger, the viciousness. I knew it was going to go down. Uh, but I didn't know that I was going to be so involved. But see, like, that's where they made the bad call. They shouldn't have brought her out of that rotunda because eventually the cops would have had to come. Well, I wonder what they're going to do because she's coming back for a visit. I wonder how they're going to handle it this time. You'll find it'll be they won't make uh, there's been they won't make the same mistake. The, the cops they will be there, but also there'll be hundreds and hundreds of us men there. Mm. You know, you know that's where I was disappointed because. I haven't mentioned this. I didn't even mention it with Liz and that, but I was putting something out about a week or two before she came, and I had all these men in there saying, "A woman thanking me, and that oh, you, we're going to be there. I'm going to be there, and us men will be there." Mm-hmm. But a lot of the men didn't. They said they would, but they didn't turn up. So this time, I've seen it on, you know, social media. There's going to be an army of men there next, you know, this time round because mm. there's, there's talk that she may be coming out with J.K. Rowling, you know, maybe, and um, so, and the talk is that she's she's mentioned that she's going to do it outside the court, you know, when that Columbia yeah. is inside, and so now there's chatter that they're trying to round up the um, the trans activists to come, so there'll be a big cop. Contingency. Well, there. hopefully we won't have. Otherwise, there, um, you know, it will go down. 
Yeah. And at this time, they won't get away with it. You know, like there was a very few of us men there that day, you know, and just, you know, I was really bummed because Brian Tarmaki and the boys were down the road and they came up a bit late, mm. you know, because um, that would have helped. You know? Well, I would love to think that Kiwis, you know, as a whole would have come, we've, we've progressed since then and maybe we can handle things differently, but I, I there, is, there is going to be, it will, there'll be frictions. Yeah. There will be friction, but the cops will be there because they, they can't afford this to happen again, you know, because they, I mean, all the media, everyone will be there with cameras and everything, you know, mm. so and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> all right. Well, if you're listening, we'll, we'll keep you posted as, as we find out more about that. Yeah. Um, what is something Ross on your bucket list that we can possibly help you with? Oh no! I can really help me with it now. I'm, I'm. I know you're a loner. We can help you. No, but I can't get back into my acting. Okay. Um, as much as I'd love to, because I do have on my bio freelance professional actor, mm-hmm. but it's very hard to be freelance. You need an agent, right? You know, because the you know, but also surely there isn't there like an agent that's no freedom. I'll try it. I've I've rang a. Goodness I was meant to meet when this lockdown happened. I was about to meet one of the top agents in New Zealand. And they were looking forward to meeting me um, with my background, my history. And I think it was Eunice Ewans. And once this happened, and then it's just it's just this jab thing, yeah. the entertainment industry won't accommodate us. Yeah. We have to be it's a it's like a even though people the information's out there, it's a requirement. We we can't step foot like I used to Say I was on when I've been on Shorten Street. You can't go on the set when Hercules. You can't go on the set. They won't. They won't let us go on the um, the sets. It just feels so twenty twenty two to Same me. As the I'm music. so confused. It, you know, entertainment. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So for me, my bucket list is to get you know keep training, get my head better, and um, music. I want to I want to progress. My music. Are you, what do you mean, singing? Singing, yeah. I used to do voiceovers. Um, I used to knock around with some of the top bands. My, though I was their security, and then my mate, Hello Sailor, Herbs. You know, we I used to go in the recording studio with them. So I learned quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I, you know, we used to, I used to get up with them and do a bit of singing. But uh, so I've done voiceovers. You know, I was a presenter and voiceovers. So I've sort of got an obsessive obsessiveness i um i sing all the time like people probably think i'm talking to myself but i'm always singing <laughs> and I, I didn't realize that was strengthening my voice mm. i didn't know this you know and so i'm at a point now where since i've you know i really felt really inadequate before i've sort of got some confidence back and i'm thinking shit my voice ain't too bad i mean it's too bad well hey if you're out there listening and you've got a job for ross <laughs> Because you can do voiceover from, you, oh, know, yeah. you don't have to go into the acting that's right, studio. That's right. Um, get in touch. Um, in fact, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, my email, mm-hmm. if, if you like. Can you reel it off? Yes, it's all underscore rdgcampbell at gmail.com. So that's R, Ross, D, Duncan, G, George, Campbell, with a P, and at gmail.com. Okay, when you said underscore, you mean like lowercase. Lowercase. Okay, got ya. Lowercase. Love it. Okay, so people. Or they can go on my Facebook, mm-hmm. or me 
Twitter. Okay. Ross Campbell, Twitter yep. or Facebook. And they might want to get in touch with you because maybe they've resonated with some yep. of your story, your journey, yep. um, or maybe they've got, uh, they can help you with your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be wonderful. Um, what's coming up for you in the next, in the next three months, six months? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm just, I want to train to, you know, uh, to get my head feeling good and, you know, physicality. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I want to support Liz, Mm -hmm. Liz Gunn. Um, I got a a tremendous respect for Liz and for, uh, Jonathan Clark, her cameraman and producer, uh, absolutely beautiful people that put a lot of work two months into our interview. Mm -hmm. So you did like a two hour interview with Liz a few months back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And it was dark. You know, a lot of the trans stuff, the pedophilia stuff. Mm -hmm. Jonathan was researching it and it really did his head in. Mm. And once he put it together, he had to get away from it because it was so dark. And if you watch it, you'll see, you know, it's the assault at Posey, the assault. It's on Rumble. Um, the, the assault and, and it's 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 like a it's rated PG, you know, like she's warned them, right? Warned everybody the content and the and they put literature in there, like with what they're they're putting into the schools and that. It's it's actually porn. Yeah, it's porn. And if you go on to the watch uh, Liz Gunn's New Zealand Free, watch it, and it's um, startling. They did a really good job, but anyway, she. I'm. I'm really proud of Blaze. Eh? Um, you know, look, I don't trust a lot of people, but I trust Liz and Jonathan with my life, eh? And you know, and I'd protect them with my life. That's why I said I'm. I want. I'm going to be her security, mm-hmm. especially now they're going into politics, mm-hmm. because I watched her address her policy thing. I'll tell you what, I've never met, seen a politician do it with such, such sincerity. Um, and that's what we need. We need some, you know, like. And strength. And strength, sincerity, integrity, honor, mm. right? Because that's what we're lacking. All of those in government, they're all corrupted, they're all part of the WEF. They're all bought, right? And uh, I'm not even sure about Winston. I, out of all of them, I like Winnie, but I'm not sure about him. I've got no doubt Leighton Baker is a nice man, you know, but I know Liz now, and I've seen her heart, and I and I know that she wants to um, – she wants to, all this rubbish to stop. Yeah. So I'm going to help her as much as I can – and Jonathan. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the people in at the moment, I, I don't know about all of them, but a lot of them are definitely questionable. And I think it's time for a change of, you know, different energy, different people coming in. This is vital. A higher level yeah, of this awareness. Is like, this is the most important ethics. election we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Because if, if Labour or National get in, we're in a lot of trouble. We're in a lot of trouble. You know, because, um, you know, we well, have seen Hipkins with over there with Klaus Schwab and I've seen photos of uh, Luxon with Bill Gates and, you know, I study all this stuff. Yeah, they're questioning We, we need someone like Liz, right, and infuriate, it infuriates me the, the, the way people get bag her. 
like she's a nutter and all of that. She, you know, why? Because she's been helping the adverse injury people. Yeah, like Casey Hodgkinson and all of them. I mean, this is real stuff. Barry, my friend, the actor, Barry mm-hmm. Duffield, great actor. Mm-hmm. He's like this. Shaking. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't know that. He said, he's, I love him for being honest. He said, Liz asked him, you know, and he said he's scared because he doesn't know what tomorrow's bringing. He's already got this. Well, I mean, I think with the election coming, it is time for people, and they will get off the fence. I hope people do. And I they'll hope, get out to vote. I hope they don't go to default stage, you know, and it's like a lot of people, oh, my friend, you know, we've always voted Labour, always voted National. They're two wings of mm-hmm. the same bird. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I just wish, and I don't know what, if it's egos or whatever it is, I wish all the the, the parties... <laughs> Would join together. I know the freedom ones. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, with Leighton and and Tamaki and Sue Gray and all of them. If they would all just come together, we'd have a real good chance. You know, I do. I know. Um, so, hey, before we wrap it up, Ross, yeah. is there anything else you want to finish up with, or any other message for our listeners today? No, I don't know. I've enjoyed this. Um, We've covered a lot of terrain. But it's great. <laughs> it's great. No, I just I just hope people, you know, um, can just research and come and join us, you know. Like even, even people that have been jabbed, that have woken up, you know, that have come, we love you. Come and join us. Let's just put an end to all of this, this trans stuff. And 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 this this agenda, just all just join together, say no more because, you know, we've got to push back, but we just do it gently because that's all all it takes is for us all to just to say no. Yeah, we're not doing it no more. What can they do? Arrest us all? You know. I would like to think Kiwis have learned a lesson about being so compliant, like the Canadians. You know, I'm originally from yeah. Canada, yeah. a bit overly compliant, I would yeah. say. But we're we're really close to being pushed. You know, we're right on the edge. You know, so we got to we got to stop it now. The time is now. Thanks, Ross, for joining us today. Thank you. I thank you very much, Natalie. Enjoyed it. It was so much fun to chat with Ross Campbell. He is a real character. Like I mentioned, he's an actor, an activist, a truth seeker, fitness enthusiast, and all the things. And um. Yeah, some good insights there. And like me, Ross has been doing lots of research over the past few years. So it's such interesting, pivotal times at the moment. And of course, the Maui you know, fires um, incident has happened since we recorded this interview. So I'm sure Ross would have a lot to say about that as well. I would love to hear what you have to say. You can private message me if you don't want to just send something in for me to read. You can go to my Facebook page, Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh, or I'm also on Instagram which is up your brave. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Otherwise, of course, if you want to send something into Reality Check Radio 2057-2057 on the text. And yeah, really just taking Ross's message to heart. It's time to get off the fence. What does that mean to you? Our text machine is now live. Send us your thoughts by texting your message to 2057. That's 2057. So get in touch with us now.
people are struggling to have conversations and connect with others that they don't completely agree with on every topic and I think that's probably the biggest problem that we need to try and solve is how after all this division and after all the separation do we end up bringing people together again and what does unity really look like? New Zealand faces some pretty big issues. First one is COVID in the aftermath. There's no getting away from that. Second is racial division. It's been ginned up and it's dangerous. Another issue that maybe people haven't got their head around yet is digital currency. What form does that take? Is it programmable? Will it be used to manipulate behavior and patterns of behavior? Those questions need to be asked and answered. How can you have fair, open, democratic government by people who are appointed? It's a ridiculous idea. And if that idea is taken to its zenith, then this country is in real trouble because democracy, one person, one vote, where every vote is of equal value, has got to be the foundation of a modern New Zealand. What's true, what's not true, how our kids are to be educated. And, you know, I have a great fear for the future. I think we know from history where this could end up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show. You're here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And my next guest is all the way from Calgary, Alberta in Canada. And I'm going to be talking to Amber Romanyuk about the topic of waking up at your own pace and how to detect deception. How exciting. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you for having me, Natalie. So happy to be with you today. I'm so glad that we connected and I'm so thrilled to dive into this topic. Before we do that, everyone, if you haven't heard of Amber before, Amber Romanyuk is an emotional eating, digestive, and hormone expert who helps high achieving women create a level of body confidence, intuition, and optimal health through powerful mindset healing, self care, and overcoming sabotage with food. She does this through addressing the key negative thoughts, patterns, and limiting beliefs that keep women stuck in the same behaviors for years and have for decades that they haven't been able to break. Her podcast, the No Sugarcoating Podcast, look it up and subscribe, um, has over a million downloads, over 400 episodes, wow, and is listened to in over 88 countries. Amber overcame her own emotional eating after gaining and losing more than a thousand Mm-hmm. Pounds? Okay. Spending over $50,000 on binge foods and spending five years balancing her hormone digestion. She also dismantled her deep limiting beliefs and behaviors, keeping her stuck in the same looping patterns. And now she helps others to achieve the biggest healing miracles of what she calls body freedom. So they have the confidence and health to create amazing lives. Wow. That is a huge journey. Yeah, it was quite the journey quite the journey, but it brought me to where I am now, which I'm beyond grateful for. Yeah. So you do this work with women and yet today we're going to not necessarily talk specifically about that, but of course, if people want to learn more, they can get in touch with you. So before we do dive into our topic of waking up at your own pace, I would personally love to know, and it's great for us listeners here in New Zealand, we do live in a little bit of a little Kiwi bubble over here. What is going on in Canada at the moment? Oh, goodness. Well, let me lay out a few timelines that I feel people are observing. So I am witnessing the Great Awakening in Canada and across the world. I am witnessing the Canadian super nice, sorry, ma'am, 
people who are standing up. We're being pushed to stand up um, because as we know, there's been a lot going on in the planet and now people are waking up to it. So I am seeing people peacefully rally and protest. I am essentially seeing our not so lovely prime minister not being able to go out in public without having hundreds of people show up and swarm him and essentially like not let him get where he wants to go. That's never happened before. Yes, we are seeing, you know, some censorship stuff, but that's happening everywhere. We're seeing them trying to push a supplement bill, but I feel like one of the reasons Canada is being kind of put in the pressure cooker is because we as a five eye country being one of the most heavily targeted in the world, along with the United States, New Zealand, Australia, and Europe. Um, we have been so mind controlled and so brainwashed that there's some, we need to be pushed some of us on a further precipice to wake up and stand up for, for what's right. And to see that like the government doesn't have our greatest good in mind. So I am seeing this awakening. I'm seeing people stand up. We're seeing the pressure cooker. Um, and I think we're also seeing a massive, you know, cleanup of things that have been going on. Um, you know, there's, you can go on Google or DuckDuckGo and search Justin Trudeau ankle bracelet back from 2020 and see his ankle monitor poking out of his pants. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, that excited a lot of people. So, I think there is a spiritual war going on, but we won and, and it's like, we need to catch up. I think a lot of things have been taken care of. So there's this whole timeline of the great awakening. There is a covert operation happening behind the scenes. Covert means we don't know about it, but there's been things that have occurred anomalies and weird things here, like military showing up at our last election never has happened before. Um, all the fires being started on purpose, but then road closures where there's no fires and there's all these military what are they doing there right so there's just interesting things occurring that i think to me anywhere are proof that there is a lot of cleanup occurring and there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that is assisting in this awakening um and then you of course have the timeline where people think that the great reset is occurring and it's we only have a few months of freedom left and then we're going to be eating bugs and going into climate change lockdowns and and that's it for us i don't believe in that timeline there's too much proof that um you know we're we're in an ascension and what that means is we're increasing in frequency the planet's increasing in frequency each of us humans is increasing in frequency and we're going from this third density very egoic like species human beings as a species being very much low on their evolutionary plane to evolving to a higher level where we become more unified and connected as a community and take our power and sovereignty back from these big power hungry systems that no longer serve and now they're crumbling so to me we're in this ascension we're upgrading we're going to higher timelines and we have to walk through right? Kind of the dark night of the soul of humanity to get there because people need to get what's been going on to make the change. So that's my long and short story of it. Well, that is actually quite an amazing summary and overview. I think some people listening will be like, yep, got it. Because I, for me, I'm like, yep, got it. All that. For some people, they'll be going, I, I literally have no idea, 50% of what you said. Um, and for other people, yeah. because, you know, it's so easy for people to get caught up in what you and I would call the 3D, which is meaning like what's going on politically at the moment. Or, yeah. oh my gosh, did you hear that there were fires in Canada, climate change? Yeah. Um, so part of that is us getting scared about what is what we're being told is happening. Um, and so easy for people to then fall into stress because how do you control yeah. people? I think I had the three S's lined up. Let me see if I can remember, you know, um, they're, they're sick, they're sad, yeah. and they're scared. 
you know, yeah. so, or maybe it's instead of sad, it's stressed, sick, stressed, and scared, and you can control anyone. And oh. um, so some people, so what do you say to the people that are still really thinking, oh my gosh, you know, our freedoms are getting taken away. Because on one level, we want to be aware of what's going on and we want to be empowered. Yeah. So we want to sign, you know, petitions or go to protests. What, how do we navigate this time if we feel like our time is running out? Yeah. So I think part of it is number one, we all kind of, before we came here, this is the soul contract piece, our soul before it comes down to the planet converses with your angels, et cetera. And you go, okay, we're going to go down to the planet earth. We're going to have this experience. You're going to decide what lessons you want to learn, et cetera. So you design your whole life, you watch it, you consent to it. You come down here, you get into that baby body, you get amnesia. You can't for the <laughs> remember for the life of you, like any of that. Um, and then we come here to learn certain lessons. So for people who are in the timeline where they really are fearing that impending doom is coming, number one, how much are you focusing on that? Are you only focusing on following people who are talking about that? Do you have a closed mind when it comes to listening to certain content that may be talking more about ascension or talking more about there being a white hat military or talking about certain things that might be going on and going, that's not true. That's, you know, QAnon conspiracy theories, that's a psyop, that's BS. And it's like, Where's your faith meter at? Because if we have low faith in the outcome for humanity, this isn't a judgment, it's an observation because I've gone through this too in the last three years. It's so, it's a mirror for me to go inward and go, if I'm having fear and lack of faith in what's going on in the world, I'm lacking trust and faith in myself. And there is some probably inner healing for me to potentially explore doing because the more confidence, trust, and faith I have in myself, the more I'm going to have that perception out in the world. And I'm going to shift what I'm attracting. And I'm going to manifest so much proof that we're actually going to a much better place. And you don't need to be hooked into the five year, the Ascension content for that. It's literally like, it's like when COVID hit at first, I'm like, holy crap, like Bill Gates is going to come and vaccinate all of us forcefully. And we're so screwed. And then I was put into this community of very awakened people who shared all this stuff with me. I got red pilled so fast and I'm like, I'm afraid, but holy crap, like I think there's a chance and it, it really tested my inner faith. So I just share those examples because I've been there too. And if something is really being pushed with a lot of fear and fear mongering, I shut, I don't entertain it. I don't look at it. Okay. I'm, I'm formed. I'm more of that timeline. I go, no, I don't consent because when we say we don't consent, we're shutting down their ability to create the future timeline that they want. And we are taking our power back and going, no, actually I'm more powerful than I realize. I create my reality. Um, and for those of you who are, I need facts. I need, I need information. Well, this is where I really encourage you to follow people who are ex-military or who are really in the know. There's a video and I can get you the link after, but I just can't remember the name of it, but it's on YouTube. And it's a man who is ex-military, like very deep in. And he said, we have technology, Operation Looking Glass. You can look it up. It's not a conspiracy theory. And he said, it can predict the timelines of the future. And he said, I was the man who went in and altered the timeline to complement the cabal, the deep state, whatever you want to call them and make sure they got that outcome. He's like, they are panicked and they're freaking out. And you know, they're losing because the more they try to push their agendas, the crazier they get, the stupider things get in the world. You know, they're so close to losing because he said they tried to alter this timeline and manipulate it. And I was there trying to get them the outcome they want. And he said, I could not get it for them. 
They are done. This is a chess game. They've already lost. They're playing out their last moves. So there's, when I heard videos like that from the logical sense, when I was kind of still in the wavering of my faith, it just really helped me have reassurance of like, holy crap, like this makes sense. So that's my response to that is maybe there's some inner faith to build connecting with more empowering content. Yes. Be aware, but be aware of what you're consuming. If it's really icky and fear filled, it's probably from the wrong side. Mm, Be aware, but aim to stay empowered. Something you said, which I'd love you to just elaborate on, because once again, the phrasing might be new to some people is you said I was red pilled really fast. Oh yeah. Really quickly. Totally. Yeah. So essentially um, I was aware of like corruption in big food and pharma. When I started to heal my relationship with food, started to realize, wow, sugar is 10 times more addictive than cocaine. Wow. GMOs and Monsanto aren't good. There's a representative on every level of government in the United States, like what the heck. And then in 2020, um, when COVID first hit, my hubby and I are just like, something isn't right. Something isn't right. And then synchronicities fall into place. Someone shared a documentary on their Instagram stories. I had no idea what it was, but it's called Out of Shadows. You may be familiar with it. Um, but I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I'm going to watch it. No clue what it's about talking about like mind control and like how we've been manipulated through the media and all these different things. And I watched this documentary and it essentially like woke me up. It broke this spell essentially that I felt like I was under that Hollywood and media and all these things really put us under. And so to me, red pilled is essentially like, I am now open, awake and aware to the fact that there has been a lot of dark things going on in this planet that now I can see, and I'm no longer willing to support Hollywood, the media, these agendas. Um, and the world makes more sense now because I always question why does a pop star start out really sweet and then end up really like Sexy. provocative and over sexual, like overdoing it sexually. And then ends up like with upside down crosses and blood and Satan in her, the music videos, like, why is this happening? Why do certain people feel untouchable? And when you start to wake up and realize these things, the, the questions just get answered. And so after watching different documentaries, connecting with like-minded people, just getting more of the puzzle together, it just helped wake me up. And that's to me, like, was the fast red pill is just like, seeing that we're on this planet, there's an awakening going on. There has been an elite running the planet. And now we've come here literally to like turn everything around. And I'm, so I know we are audio only people can't see you, but I can see your smile as you say that. So I feel like people who, and there's so many people like you that see the world, what's going on at the moment. And they're not sick and stressed and scared. They actually are kind of excited well, you know, for what's yeah. to come, because we know this is a massive turning point for humanity. So I can see that you're feeling really peaceful around that, which is great. And hopefully one of the outcomes of this interview is for some people to maybe their shoulders to drop a little and they go, okay, so it's not all doom and gloom, but we still don't want to be complacent, right? Because you said that phrase, I do not consent. We still don't want to be complacent. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we we are aware of what's going on and that we don't attach to the doom and gloom timelines that we can educate ourselves and go interesting. But at the same time, use our our discernment and our questioning, because like my hubby and I were talking about the other day, 
yes, you're seeing on a screen, on a TV, this thing going on, but how much of it is CGI, computer-generated imaging? How much of it is body doubles? How much of this is actually real? And how much of this is actually a movie that is orchestrated and being played out? And because we don't know any better and we don't have discernment and connection with our intuition, we're believing everything that we see, right? So this is where questioning and discernment start to come in because not everything we're seeing is real. And there are multiple different reasons and outcomes of certain circumstances happening that we don't know about. So to just assume, oh my God, it's bad. And like they've taken over and we're screwed. Well, we don't have the whole story and the whole picture. And the more you go into the awakening, the deeper you go down the rabbit holes, the more it stretches your mind, your imagination, and the more open you are required to be to be open to trusting and believing that there is so much going on that we don't know about behind the scenes and we're actually being assisted. And that's where I think the more you can take care of yourself and your health and your body and, and do some healing, it's going to open you up to these bigger possibilities. But the more our, I call it the ego mind, the more ego minds in control. And like, that's ridiculous. You're Amber, you're just an idiot. Like that's so woo and ridiculous. Like you make no sense, right? Like we're doomed when we're in that kind of mentality or like, I can't believe that. Cause everyone would think I was crazy. And we're, we don't have that confidence and security in ourselves. There is stuff for us to work on because like, who cares what anyone else thinks I'd rather be at peace. I'm not complacent. I never wore a mask, never got any of the vaccines, never took a COVID test right? Never complied at all, was so supportive of so many things going on. I, I'm, I've am i done and I'm doing my part. And now part of my part is to educate and reassure people, you know, and, and, and guide you at whatever path you're on if you're open, right? But yeah, we, we have to sign the petitions. We have to peacefully protest, share information. It's so important. And we're all playing a role. And the other role that may feel um, like small, but is actually very massive is for those of you that understand energy and frequency, um, is that there's a lot of really like positive energy and light coming onto the planet. And there's a graph you can follow called the Schumann resonance, and you can Google it. You can find it on telegram. You can get the app, but it literally is measuring the frequencies, like more positive energy, love, it's coming onto the planet and there's days where it's going off the charts. It measures the heartbeat of the earth. Usually the heartbeat of earth is about 7.8 Hertz. Okay. Some days it's going to 200. This has never happened in the history of the planet. So there's more proof energetically. And then if we look at, right, like, um, people are wanting to become more responsible, take their power back. They're wanting to grow more of their own food. They're homeschooling. They're starting businesses. Like, I don't think we would, be at this rate and, and this would be allowed if there wasn't good taking over the planet. So the more we can take care of ourselves, the more we raise our frequency collectively, we raise the frequency of the planet. And that's actually what crushes this negative energy because it is an energy war and the higher the frequency gets, well, negativity and density cannot continue to thrive and have the same level of control. So speaking yeah. of that positive energy, how important is it for people to you know, we talked about don't get caught up in the doom and gloom, be aware, don't yeah. get caught up. So how important is it for people to literally visualize in their mind, you know, the, the kind of world or the kind of life they want to create? Um, and that in doing that, do you think that collectively will have an impact as well? Oh, 150%. There has been many mass meditation gatherings. There are groups of people that get together and do visioning together and prayer and all kinds of different things. And even if you have two or three people get together or do it at the same time or one person, 
we are having more people focus on the same timeline that makes it easier to manifest. So you can bet yourself it makes a huge difference to do that. So I encourage you, even for five minutes, what kind of world do you want to see? Envision it, envision living in it. How does it feel? What's going on? How is it different than now? What are you doing? How are you contributing? And get excited about it because it's coming whether you believe it is or not. I find it so interesting because I come from this um, entrepreneurial business background. Um, well, number one, and I do a lot, you know, I did a lot of marketing. So when the whole COVID thing came out, I was like, this is, this is a massive marketing situation. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so clear to me, but even now, as you talk about those questions, like what kind of life do you want to create? What are you doing? Who are you with? What are you, what are you saying? That's all business stuff that we do a lot of the time in in terms of our branding and our marketing, but it's, everyone can do it. You don't need to be a business Mm -hmm. owner. Everyone can do that. Create the vision for your life. How are you showing up? You know, I even do like, what are you wearing? Who's standing beside you? You know, everything. Yeah. Um, and that and that will shift your vibration. That'll shift the the collective consciousness. I know for a lot of li- listeners, this might be like a bit woo for you, but as always, I encourage you to stick with it. Have an open mind. Um, you mentioned healing uh, last week. I talked to Ina Neal. So listeners, if you missed that episode, you want to find out, but how do I do the deep inner healing? You can listen to that on the replays. And also we'd love to know what is resonating with you so far. As I'm talking to Amber here about waking up at your own pace, you can send us a text on 2057-2057 or um, email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Amber, I'd love to ask you about the second part of your topic, which is how to detect deception. Because as you know, and everyone knows, there's so much information out there. You could literally stay on YouTube or Telegram or Rumble or Facebook all day long and get super confused. <laughs> yeah. How do how do we detect deception? Yeah. So I think the first thing is start practicing tapping into your intuition and the feeling in your body, your gut feeling essentially. So, you know, you can practice with maybe you're driving somewhere, you're going, does it feel better to take this road or this road? And you're like, ooh, this one just feels better. I don't know why, but it just does. So you can use that same practice. And when someone sends you something, I have been sent so much fear porn and so much crap. And I can just almost feel even the out of the title or like who's talking in the video. And I'll say, thank you so much for this, but I don't even watch it because I already know that like, it's just that timeline I don't want to entertain. And I feel the ick. And so I don't even go there because number one, I'm not going to that frequency. Number two, it never ends up happening the way that certain people are talking about it in these videos. So practice that gut feeling. Does this feel good? Does this feel resonant for me? Does this feel like this is actually happening? Or does it feel like another fear porn, another distraction? Because there's an insane amount of distractions going on. We're in a psychological war as well, right? So learning how to access your intuition is really important. So getting out into nature, um, self-care, meditation, breath tapping, um, eating really nourishing food, drinking really good water, getting sleep, like you're nurturing your basic needs is going to help wake up your intuition more, make it more accessible so that you um, can sense deception. Another way that we can more easily sense deception is if our pineal gland is fully decalcified. And this is really important because it's really hard for you to sense deception if it's calcified. And what that means is through fluoride, refined sugar, lots of caffeine, chemtrails, all the chemicals on our skincare, body care, um, consuming a lot of EMFs, consuming a lot of mainstream television and music, which emits a lot of ick frequencies. Mm-hmm. If you watch something, you feel like crap afterward, it's, em- it's emitting negative frequencies to lower your vibration. All of these things and inflammation, et cetera, calcify your pineal gland. And it literally puts a 
like white coating around your pineal, which is your third eye. It's a, it's literally like such a huge part of your And Amber's vision. tapping her forehead, by the way, for those yeah, that don't know where right? the pineal gland is. <laughs> yeah. So but right between the eyebrows, just a little bit above, there's like a little divot. It's right in there. And there's literally like, yeah. So with the pineal, when it's calcified, we are so easily deceived. And that's why up until, you know, when I started heal- healing my relationship with food, I didn't know anything about anything. Cause I just thought it was the way the life was because my, my pineal was calcified. But as I healed my relationship with food, cleaned up toxicity, boom, it's like, whoa, now I'm seeing everything. And that's a big reason why. So if you work on, you know, adding essential oils into your bath, like mindful amounts of caffeine, changing the way that you eat, adding in more greens, greens are great for deep calcification, mm-hmm. uh, water without fluoride. These things will all help to decalcify your pineal and will make it easier for you to be like, that is BS. That is a lie. That is fear porn. That's totally not happening. I'm not complying. And that is really important. And then I think the third thing is, like I was saying earlier, I sit back and I question. So if someone sends me something, I go, okay, does this feel real or does this feel computer generated? Does this feel like it was created by the dark to try and lower my frequency and instill fear in me to try and have me waver my faith? Is this a person that I watch regularly that I trust? Right? So I, I question, and I think we need to be asking questions, go and do some research, right? Because I know right away from people I follow in intuition, like I trust this person. I think they have great information. I'm going to take what's resonant and leave the rest. But this person, I totally don't trust. I think they're full of it. And I think they're just in it to make money and they're probably controlled opposition. So question, take some time and ask, is this really real? Because the cool thing about digital soldiers and like patriots and all these, like something will happen. And within like five minutes to a day, it will be totally broken down and be like, holy crap, like, look at my intuition was right about this. Now look at all this detail coming out that this was a distraction or false or created. Right. And that just further helps to fuel your, your proof that you can trust yourself and your intuition. So question everything, do your research, try to decalcify your pineal gland if you can, if you feel like you haven't already. The question everything is interesting because I agree we do want to question things, but I think what a lot of people would do is, this is what I got a lot during the whole COVID thing when I was making speaking my truth and questioning things. Nat, if that was true, it would be all over the news. Or Nat, that doesn't even make sense. You know, So questioning things and saying, does this make sense might not be the best question, but your question of, does this feel right? So we're encouraging yeah. people to tap into their body again to determine or decipher this, you know, the truth or versus deception a little bit more rather than going, you know, well, does this actually make sense? Um, But again, coming back to who do you trust or who have you been following? It's a tricky time for people right now to know who to trust and not to trust. And if you're anything like me, like there's a lot of people I don't trust. Um, But I think it is important to ask the questions and tapping back into the body. You know, does this feel right? Does this feel authentic? I don't know if you've seen it. I'd love to ask you. because you made a comment about, you know, some things will come into your inbox and you know, it's going to make you feel a bit yuck. So maybe don't watch it. What are your thoughts on the sound of freedom? Oh yeah. So I think that it's so been a very important thing to come out because I think it's important for people to start to realize that child trafficking, satanic ritual abuse, pedophilia are not conspiracy theories. And I've seen enough gruesome videos that I wish I never would have clicked on 
um, to prove that. And it is one of the most horrific epidemics that's been happening and is happening right now that I do believe is being cleaned up. However, I think it's really important for people who have maybe not been paying attention to anything and have been in denial because they love watching movies. And so then maybe they're like, Oh, let me go watch this and see what this is all about. And then maybe they're like, Holy crap. Like I had no idea. So I think it's helping to wake up a lot of people who are not in the know or who've been so closed off. I think that it is important for this to become more mainstream. And it's kind of funny how at the same time, this movie is coming out, there's a strike going on in Hollywood barely any of the celebrities or actors or musicians are talking about it or promoting it. In fact, they're completely against it. And of course, most of the mainstream media is shaming it and censoring it and putting it down. So anything that is shutting off something like that, you have to know that they're feeling threatened by it. It's actually coming out in New Zealand for the first time in the 24th of August. So you guys in Canada, you've had it for a while. If people haven't heard of it, it is a movie Um, It's coming out in the theaters, in some theaters. People have questions about it, as they should, um, about, you know, who who paid for it and who's in it and da-da-da. But I think the takeaway message is child sex trafficking is real. One of my complaints, I haven't seen it yet because I'm going on August 24th. Um, One of my complaints is I don't want people walking away thinking, oh, that's really sad that it only happens in, you know, that it happens in those countries. Right. Right? Yeah. It happens everywhere. It's been everywhere. And um, there's a man who I listen to. His name is Gene Decode. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he does a lot of, I figured, yeah. And I really like, he does dumbs decoding. And he was talking about Alberta and how there was a lot of tunnels and things underground. And and part of the weather warfare and these fires and things is like also cover so they can go in and do these ops. And and I think, and this is where the more open, being more open-minded comes in, but we have to, be willing to understand that this is happening in our backyard. Like I have a, someone that I know that a guy pulled up in a car with the pizza pedophile logo on it and asked these kids if they wanted to go for pizza. Um, And if these kids wouldn't have known to say no, thank you. And like go away and tell their parents that could have been a, a huge issue right there. Right. So I think that it's so important that even of course, there's going to be controversy around the movie. Of course, there's going to be questioning of who made it and who and who funded it. Anything or anyone that highlights, especially the child trafficking, sex trafficking, gets attacked by the media. So yes, there's all that noise. But if we can rise above that and see the bigger picture of how it's helping to wake people up and shining the light on, that's the great first step. I think you're going to see a massive amount of information and disclosure come out about the significance of the child trafficking and how it's been happening everywhere in the next 10 to 12 months and people won't be able to ignore it. And it's not going to just be in certain countries. It's going to be a a profound fact. For those of you that missed my interview with Gloria Masters, where she herself was a victim of child sex trafficking, um, you can listen to that episode. It's actually a great interview. Don't worry. It's not ick. It's actually quite a um, positive and empowering as strange as that might sound. Um, also Marie Busky, who's a fellow co-host on reality check radio more recently, she interviewed Gloria, um, again. So if you haven't seen that, you can check it out on the replays page. Marie's show is called counterculture. And, um, otherwise you can look on the up your brave replays page to, to listen to those, interviews, which Gloria is amazing. She's an incredible speaker. She's really done her healing work. So she's very Mm -hmm. much coming from a place of peacefulness and positivity. She has a charity called handing the shame back uh, Mm -hmm. for adult survivors of um, child of sex trafficking or, or sexual abuse. She's amazing. 
So she will be um, going to the movie with me. We're going together um, in Auckland. So you've, you've, we've touched on so many topics today, so many things, like we've just turned over so many little stones. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to mention before I ask you some of the questions that I ask all my guests? Yeah, I think, you know, if you can surround yourself with people who are uplifting and, you know, you can kind of be, have this community where you can encourage each other, help each other out. Like this is where I think the world is headed is just more of these community environments. Create that for yourself if you don't have it, because it is going to assist you if you're afraid or you're hesitant, or you are really thinking that like all the doom is coming. It really helped me when I wasn't so sure. And so surround yourself with some great people who you trust, who you can really open up to. And that can help you if you need a little bit of a pick me up. Definitely. I think finding your people is so key. And I know yeah. that a lot of our um, RCR community has really come together and supported each other through this crazy time, crazy time, which is actually hopefully a positive time going forward. Um, yes. All right. So I've got a question for you up your brave. What is one thing you've done in the past year where you truly upped your brave? I started a rumble channel and literally just started sharing all of the truths and things. And I was so nervous at first, but it's been so expansive and freeing to just share and just say, take what's resonant, leave the rest. These are my truths. They don't have to be yours and had a very positive response. So it felt really good to do that. I'm going to follow you. I'm so excited about that. Um, what's it called? The no sugarcoating truth. Okay. So you've done that podcast, by the way. 400 episodes. Congratulations. That is massive. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the podcast was really birthed when I started my business. And then I started the no sugarcoating truth on rumble, um, because I didn't want to get censored. Um, but yeah, it's been such a ride to share and just help give people hope that you're not alone. If you're struggling with self-sabotage with food or whatever the things are, and more people are like, Oh my gosh, like you talked about farm on your podcast and now I get this thing and how it's impacting the food and my addiction. And right. So people are really starting to connect the dots that I've been like planting over the, over the years with the podcast, which is so great. It all comes together. All right. Yes. What is one thing on your bucket list, something you'd love to do, be, or experience that we can possibly help you to do? Well, there is some pretty epic podcasts that I want to be on. I know some people are kind of like on the fence with Joe Rogan, but I would just love to be able to go on and share my thoughts on how emotional eating, binge eating, and, and eating disorders were actually fabricated and created by the very companies that people are giving their money to thinking that it's going to fix everything. Um I think that would be really powerful. So that's one of my goals. All right. Well, if anyone's got contacts with Joe <laughs> Rogan or any other big podcaster who's um, happy to approach this topic, which obviously affects so, so, so many women. Um, and you're yeah. right. I feel like it's one of the, like, I actually had a question I was going to ask you about, you know, um, women and diets and confidence. You know, we've been sold, this is my words, we've been sold so many lies around mm -hmm around body confidence and, and healthy image. And maybe that's a whole nother Oof. interview. <laughs> yeah. And here's my quick two cents on that. Cause I think it'll really resonate for you. I believe all of this was created on purpose because women meant to, but women are so intuitive and have such a access to their intuition. But if you're busy and distracted, fighting with your body, hating on your body, suppressing your emotions with food and being asphyxiated with trying to chase a certain body image, 
you cannot access any of that and you're easier to manipulate and control, right? So this is why this healing is so profound and powerful because you literally take your power and your sovereignty back. Yes, you heal and you gain freedom, but you literally access this part of you that has been suppressed by these systems and their plans. It's huge. Absolutely. Which loops back to what we were discussing earlier. How do you control people? You make them sick, scared, and stressed. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Um, what is coming up for you in the next few months, you know, personally or in business? And how can we connect with you online? I know you mentioned your podcast, but where, where can we go and find all the things? Yeah. So I am just honestly really in a season where I'm meeting all my edges of continuing to put more truth content out there and tying it into everything that I do. I think the more we can help people connect the dots and just help show people so that they can learn how to read labels and discern and be sovereign and be, you know, in their power, the more it just helps this whole process. So um, I'm actually going to be doing a like kick the sugar program um, in October because so many people are addicted to sugar. And I'm going to be talking about everything from like sugar and frequency to cravings to how do we regulate blood sugar things to like get rid of those cravings, the emotional connections to them. So for any of you that are like, oh my goodness, sugar is my nemesis. I hate it, but I want to get over it. That is coming up. So it's going to be really fun. And then otherwise, yeah, just continuing to speak and have a voice and help empower more people to take their power back. So um, as far as where people can find me, if you want the full truth and you have a really open mind, come and check out the No Sugar Coding Truth on Rumble. If you're like, I want to learn all the things about sugar and addiction and weight and diets and fighting with your body, emotional eating, intuition, et cetera, come listen to the No Sugar Coding podcast. It's all available at amberapproved.ca, the podcast. I have a free emotional eating quiz, recipes, mass, like everything. So you can check out the website. And you and I have also been messaging on Instagram. So should we yes. mention Instagram? Oh, yes. Yes. So my Instagram is my name, Amber Romaniuk, R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. And I definitely obviously want to have you on the podcast and Rumble. I think we would have like an incredible chat. Yay. Let's do it. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love being a host. I love interviewing yes. people, but I also love being the guest. Totally. It's so fun to have both roles. I agree. Yeah. So good. Amazing. Okay. So before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? And I'd love to know, is there anything that you want more people to be aware of in terms of what everything we're navigating at the moment? A couple things. Number one, look at the sky more because someone told me three years ago, watch the sky more. And I will tell you, I have never seen so many weird air and I'm in air quotes, weird looking clouds on different anomalies, patterns, shapes, things, watch the sky more. It'll give you more faith in that there's actually a lot of good going on in the planet. Be willing and open to maybe check out a little bit more of the content. If you're wavering, that is talking about Ascension. Um, I have to give a shout out to Blossom Goodchild. She's been channeling a group of beings for like 20 years. And I interviewed her and I've just been listening to her for the last four years. And her channelings telling you who you really are, how powerful you are, that it's a gift that you got picked to actually be here right now. It's incredible. So if you want some confidence and reassurance to help you while you're trying to figure it out yourself, yeah. she's got a YouTube, check her out. It's amazing. And I think this is your time and opportunity to grow your faith, let go of what no longer serves you and really learn deep trust and faith of, of this, what's happening, because we didn't just come here to like live a life. You also came here to clear out, you know, these insecurities in your baggage and really remember who you are. And it's very powerful. So work on that right now. 
I love it. You've given us so much to think about, so much to ponder um, as we talk today about waking up at your own pace. Everyone is on their own pace, right? Yeah, even though totally. Even though we're kind of, I'm speaking for myself, impatient for some other people to wake up. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, But this is part of the collective's healing and learning and evolution is for us to be patient and have compassion and let people be on the timeline that they're on. Amazing. Thank you so much, Amber, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. I got to say, it does make me a little bit homesick sometimes when I talk to Canadians. I've been in New Zealand for 27 years and I've only been back twice. It's a bit interesting. Um, my friend, the other day we were walking at the beach and she's like, so like how much of your family is in New Zealand and how much is in Canada? And I said, oh, no one's in Canada. It was literally my Kiwi parents. Um, they just had three daughters. So there's only me and my sisters that are the Canadians, which is why I haven't really been back. But it was great to connect with Amber. We have subsequently been in touch on Instagram a lot ever since. Uh, we had a follow-up conversation after we recorded. I said to her, you know, I was going to mention it about the pineal gland. I said, but I've actually stopped wearing sunglasses so much because I heard that sunglasses, you know, they, they you don't they don't allow as much of the good light into your eyes um, and kind of block your pineal gland. And I was such a sunglasses person because I had laser eye surgery many, many moons ago. My eyes are quite sensitive to the light, but I've been making a point of, I wear a hat, of course, my wake up hat or my reality check radio hat. Um, and I don't wear sunglasses as much as I used to intentionally. The other thing I'm doing, which <laughs> literally got 3,700 views on my Instagram, which is hilarious. I'm doing the no shampoo thing at the moment. And that is about me being hyper-conscious. I've always been like this, um, but even more so about what I'm putting in and on my body. And I only use really natural products, but my hair was kind of greasy. So I decided to just try the no shampoo thing. And obviously it's trending or something because I had so many people watch that video. Um, but anyway, interesting. So my, why am I telling you this? It's a great time to have a think about what you are putting in and on your body and being empowered and intentional about what you're wearing, like sunglasses or even hats, like the message you're sending or the logo on the t-shirt or whatever, just being really aware of what messages you're sending both out of your mouth, but also energetically as well. Okay. In this interview with Amber, which was so amazing, uh, we talked about so many things. She said, there's different types of people, those that are awake, those that are aware and those that are asleep. I'm not sure how you would describe yourself, but I do feel like the collective consciousness is rising, meaning more and more people every single day with all of these crazy events that are going on. Maui, of course, being the latest, but there's been more and there will be more, um, is more and more people are waking up. And that is a good thing. And collectively, we are um, being, being more aware, but we do want to stay positive and not get down in the doom and gloom but also be realistic about what is real and what is fallacy. And that's why this topic of how to detect deception is really, really important right at this very moment. Um, so Amber asked, how much are you focused on impending doom? Where is your faith meter? So being aware, but also positive. You can learn more about Amber at her Rumble channel, No Sugarcoating Truth. Also, she has that podcast and she has a program coming up in October called Kick the Sugar. So um, given her background in food and, and body love and health and wellness, if you are one that is kind of addicted to sugar, but you don't like it, um, you can go and try to um, sign up for her program, Kick the Sugar. 
Amazing. As always, we would love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your insights. Get in touch 2057 on the text. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR Reality Check Radio. You are listening to the Up Your Brave show with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. If you're just tuning in, today we're talking about standing up and get off the fence. I've had three incredible guests joining me today, so you can go and listen to the replays if you missed it. My team is totally amazing. Uh, They get these up really, really quickly. You can go to the replay page on realitycheck.radio, click replays, and go and find on the Up Your Brave show. Jeanette Wilson, we spoke about standing up and speaking out. Then I talked to Ross Campbell about his experience at the Posey Parker event why it's time to get off the fence. And finally, Amber Romanyuk, we talked about waking up at your own pace and how to detect deception. So I'm going to do now a quick flashback to one of my previous guests. This is Machu Tahuki. And he did, and he has got an amazing message for us here when I ask him, what do you feel that Kiwis need to hear at the moment? So here's a little clip. And then straight after that, I'm going to share with you the song that he did with his son. This is their rendition of Redemption Song, and it's Matthew Tahuki and his son Nikau. And Matthew describes it as a papa-son moment in the sun, and it's filmed by Cadboy Kong. If you want to go check out the YouTube video, which I just put put on my um, Facebook page as well. It's so beautiful. Um, and he says, Matthew says, this is a song whose message never grow, grows old. So first we're going to have the audio clip. We're going to go straight to the song and then I'm going to wrap things up. Thanks for listening. Matthew, you talked about you know, having messages for people. I-, I would love to know what message or what do you think that Kiwis really need to hear or need to know at the moment? Um, I would say we got to do our internal work. We've got to clear away the baggage and the clutter and the trauma because that's what's having us react to everybody around us. I think we need to find ways to look after ourselves and ground. So look after our, just look in, and that's your physical body, your your emotional body, your spiritual body, your intellectual body, and just have a good clear out because we're going into such challenging times. We don't want to be dragging anchors and all sorts of heavy things behind us that are going to drag us down otherwise we'll be dragging the people around us down and trying to suck energy from them so i think that's really important is look in first do that work be honest be brutally honest with yourself and then once you've done some good work or maybe while you're doing the good work is also connect stay connected with the people around you and and that involves and that includes people you don't like um being loving just be love be kind to yourself and kind to others that's that's actually a phrase that i picked up in the last year from my good friend lana garland who i'm doing this course with is be kind to self and kind to others if we do those two things the planet's in beautiful shape so do the work on yourself be honest upgrade and then gather just keep gathering because you know there was a time in the last few years where we were told not to gather and how was how great was it when we could gather let's not make let's not get complacent with the fact that we can gather because you never know when the next line of whatever's going to come down and shut us down for whatever reason so gather 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 that's so much energy gets built up when we're gathering with good vibes with some music and some food and some dance and some good energy 
So that's that's the main message that I'm I've always been working on is do the work with yourself and then work with some other people. Yeah. Well, like, up your brave is definitely about uh, community and connections and also courage for the people listening. And I know people like this. They might be go. I hear you saying do the work. Legit. What do you mean by that? Because some people won't know. So I just want to really spell this out. And how do people go about doing the work? Like, what is the, how do they do that? Some people can do it by themselves. Other people need someone to facilitate or draw things out. Yeah. I think going for a walk is probably one of the best ways to start. Get your shoes off and go walk in nature. I think, and breathe deeply and just get out there in nature whole lot of stuff will come to you in that simple process. But the rest is like uh, get some therapy for trauma, for childhood stuff, or even adult stuff. Do some therapy. I found a book um, that really helped me look at my childhood wounds and my patterns and just really unpacking and unlayering stuff there. And it was quite a messy time to go through it, and I needed support around me because I was looking at, the patterns that were trying to run me as an adult, but they were, they were created when I was a child. So look at your childhood stuff. Um, if you're a man, hang out with men. If you're a man, hang out with men. And don't always do it with a beer in your hand or watching rugby. Do some men stuff. I think it's so important for our men to get around other men and talk, honestly, and there's lots of different initiatives and groups and stuff going on which are one of them i'll talk about after this so yeah and women have been really good at gathering with women forever uh i'd say for the woman dance dance every day mm. that's my advice get you get your amazing bodies moving get joy flowing through your bodies Some say it's 
part of it We've got to fulfill the books And won't you help to sing Yeah These songs of freedom They're all I ever had Yeah, yeah. Redemption song Redemption song Songs of freedom Songs of freedom Rise and shine today's your day picking up the pieces you lost along the way watch them shatter and I fall away people gonna say what they're going to say we're not blind we're not weak you hit me in the face and then I turn the other cheek rise and shine today's your day today's your day today's your day yeah emancipate yourselves from mental slavery number ourselves can free our minds for atomic energy cause none of them can stop the time no no how long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look oh some say it's just a part of it yeah. we've got to fulfill the bullshit won't you help to sing These songs of freedom are all I ever had. Redemption song. All I ever had. Oh, redemption song. Yeah, redemption song. Songs of freedom, yeah. These songs of freedom. These songs of freedom. Such an amazing song. You can get in touch with Matthew and you can see that he's got a tour on at the moment. So you can go and see the dates. Um, Rainbow Warrior is his website. Um, Rainbow Warrior, I think it's .nz. And you can go and have a look at that and you can see his upcoming tour locations and where to find it and get tickets. Definitely head along to that. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a truth bomb show. I'm very curious to hear your feedback, whatever that might be. And if you want to hear more, um, any specific topics you'd love to learn about, I can find the people. So just get in touch. Let me know. Um, I wanted to also point you to another interview by one of my fellow hosts, co-hosts, Rodney Hyde, who is so amazing. you got to listen to his show if you haven't already. He's got such an amazing tone when he speaks, and he's just straight to the point, but very amiable. He is talking to Mary Hobbs. Um, you can go to the replays and check it out. Mary Hobbs is a writer and adventurer. She's speaking on standing up to bullies and maintaining your personal integrity. So I thought that was a great, great interview that really is in in alignment with some of the stuff we're talking about today, standing up, speaking out. 
and getting off the fence. Thank you so much for listening. I've got a few exciting things coming up in the world of business. I work with um, amazing entrepreneurs who are here to have massive impact on the world. You can check it all out at upyourbrave.com. I've got my escape to the forest business retreat at the most incredible venue. Um, That's happening in November, but I just launched that if you want to check that out. And of course, um, amazing people that can help you to up your brave in your life, business, wellness, and relationships. You can find that on my recommended page. Just go to upyourbrave.com. Or if you want some essential oils for healing or a wake-up hat, you can find that there too. I'll see some of you at the NZD SOS conference in September. So definitely book your ticket. It's worth driving or flying up for it. If you don't live in Auckland, it's going to be amazing. An amazing coming together of incredible people. We'll see you next week for the Up Your Brave show. And if you feel called, I invite you to stand up and speak out and get off the fence in whatever way feels aligned for you. Thanks so much for listening. This is Natalie Cutler-Welsh on the Up Your Brave show. Check out our brand new RCR Foundation Members Club. Go to realitycheck.radio slash members and join now. You've been listening to Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on RCR Reality Check Radio.